0: This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com.
1: They said there would be nothing to talk about. Come on. Maybe you have to have a little bit more of a crystal ball look down the road. And even then, we'll have plenty to talk about. But right now, it's business as usual in the NFL. And business is booming in the NFL. Now, whether you like that or not... That could be up for some contention. There are some people around the NFL that don't like the idea that business is being done right now. I think the fans are having some fun with it. A little bit of a reprieve from coronavirus talk. And uh, we get some free agency talk instead. But we also get some news that coronavirus continues to impact the sports world. Major League Baseball now forced to push back the start of its season for two months. I guess we saw it all inevitable that it would happen. But they make the official announcement uh, they also announced that they will donate $1 million to help feed the hunger uh, with all the kids that will be missing schools. So that just came out moments ago, too. So there's a lot of good that's coming from it, a lot of nice gestures from around the sports world. As sports continues to stand still when it comes to activity and action on playing fields, arenas, and everywhere across the country and even the world. But the transaction wire is immune to coronavirus because it is going bananas right about now in terms of deals being done between NFL teams. And we have new news coming out all the time. Now, here's the deal. You're not going to hear a lot of news with the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars might have got their only move of the day done without doing anything. And that is that fifth-round pick that Baltimore gave for Calais Campbell just went up about 13 spots, I think it was because the Atlanta Falcons traded a fifth-round pick to the Ravens in a Hayden Hurst deal. Of course, Hurst from Jacksonville goes to Atlanta. And because of that pick, well, the Jags benefit because Baltimore had already given their fifth-round pick away. Well, they didn't have one. They have to use Atlantis, and and uh, there we go. So <laughs> it's kind of fun. If I understand that correctly, I think the Jaguars moved up today in the fifth round without doing anything. Uh, which I guess is good for them. But they did get rid of Calais Campbell yesterday, and we continue to get reaction in on that front. Talked to Calais a little bit yesterday, and uh, you know, it, basically his message was how much he loved Jacksonville and, and loves Jacksonville, and you saw it on social media. Uh, if you didn't, he uh, expressed how much he enjoyed being here and how much he'll maintain and continue to be a part of the community uh, here in Jacksonville with the CRC Foundation.
2: A six-part tweet.
1: Yeah, six-part tweet uh, and a very classy message. No surprise there from Calais Campbell. We'll talk about the impact of Calais Campbell. And this is going to be a strange thing coming from me, but in a way, was it a good move for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is this what organizations do with older players to get something in return and now flipping the roster to a degree? Uh, can you spin it that way? Or is it too soon with Calais Campbell and it didn't matter what you paid him? You don't want to see him go. I mean, believe me, I'm in that camp to a degree as well. So that was the big news on Sunday. Calais Campbell traded away uh to the Baltimore Ravens. But good for him. He'll have a chance to really be on a competitive team, a team that thinks it can win a Super Bowl. And it's a good move for Baltimore, but doesn't mean it's a bad move for the Jags. What it does do is something that we mentioned a while ago. It shows that there's a pivot inside the building, and I think the A.J. Boye move did that. Once they got rid of A.J. and they liked A.J., but they weren't going to rework a deal, they got a fourth-round pick for him, and they uh, shed $13 million or so off the cap. I said at that point, I said if they do one more move, Linder, Norwell, Fournette, Calais, Well, you can't sit here and say it's win-now mentality if you're getting rid of A.J. Boye and Calais Campbell. Those guys have been key parts of what you're trying to do, and now you leave massive holes at those positions. doesn't make it the wrong move. It just means winning now is very unlikely without two players of that caliber. See, the Ravens are in win-now mode. That's why they went and got Calais Campbell, because he adds to what they already have. So there's a big difference uh, in terms of the pivot of the organization whether they will admit it publicly or not that uh this is a little different route even than when Shad Khan talked I think about a month ago and said they feel like they're closer to winning that's why they kept uh Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell they think they can win faster with those guys in place rather than resetting well guess what Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell now part of a reset uh to a degree how vast will that be how much of a re build will it be well that's debatable we'll talk a little bit about that because i want to go back and compare say 2015 ish to where the jags are now on the roster because 2013-14 was a complete stripped down rebuild we knew that that was evident obvious and well it took a while to, to reset that thing at least from a player standpoint where they wanted to be Fifteen, they didn't get results. Sixteen, they didn't get results. But you could see some of the talent that was starting to manifest itself, at least on the roster, even if they weren't winning enough games. That's a different topic. And then 17, obviously, it blossomed into an AFC championship game run. So how far are the Jags away with all this draft capital, now with money being freed up? Where are they in terms of core players from a young core player standpoint? And then the X factor could, of course, be Yannick Ngakwe, who we talked about on Friday. So there's a lot to get into here on a Monday, and uh, I'm not sure we'll hit it all, but uh, we'll get into some of it. Brent Martino here. coos along as well. Austin Lane in Wisconsin. Skiing, I believe.
2: Hey, the world still spins. At least in Austin Lane's. I'm surprised. I'm I'm supposed to go to Vegas, and that's not not happening now. I'm supposed to go to California. That didn't happen. Austin got the last flight out.
1: (laughs) Austin made one final trek, and uh, he may have done all that just to join a gang. We'll explain. Apparently, yeah. Uh, We'll explain a little bit later on. The biggest news of the day. Forget all this trading and Hayden Hurst and DeAndre Hopkins going to Arizona. Yeah, we'll get to it. The Jags straight away, Calais Campbell. I could have spent a whole show on this. We should have brought Nicole in, Coos. Congratulations. You got engaged over the weekend.
2: Yes, thank you. Yeah, we went down to St. Augustine and did it. Tell us uh,
1: how it went down. I mean, uh, was it as planned? Was this in the works uh, for a long time? Or you know, you know you how we get
2: a lot of pressure at home now. You know how we joke about how I get myself into situations uh, all the time. Even our boss calls it pulling a coup's move. Well, uh, I went down to talk to her dad on Saturday because uh, her dad was in town for the players, and obviously, since that didn't happen, they went down to Saint Augustine to see family. So I texted him on. Um, on Saturday morning to go meet up and obviously ask him and talk to him. And so I'm driving down to St. Augustine and you know, my mind wasn't fully on the drive. So, uh, there may have been a fender bender that ended up happening. Uh, so shout out to Jan who I bumped her car. <laughs> you did <laughs> I hit I hit Jan I apologize Jan um it was a rental which might make things even worse in the in the future, so I don't know what's gonna come of that, but then I talked to her dad, everything went well, and then uh when Nicole came down, we had dinner, we walked on the beach and I asked her and she said yes, oh, it's just simple as that were you nervous i w- I was uh, was more nervous to talk to her dad, which Are is you? why I think the car accident happened honestly so uh heart was racing a little bit, yeah and then like when I asked Nicole, I felt fine. But then afterwards, I was like, man, I feel like I'm sweating. So like, <laughs> I don't think I noticed until afterwards. Let, me, I was uh, like, let me
1: dip into your personal relationship here. How long have you guys been together? We would have been five years this summer. So people have been anticipating this. They've, yeah. been, they've been kind of saying, like, at holidays and stuff, Justin, what every, the heck are you waiting for? Every
2: wedding, we're like, you're next, right? You're next. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of expected, honestly.
1: All right. So that's good. Uh, mm-hmm. So at least there's no super surprises in that regard. No. But um, Congrats, man. That's awesome. Congrats to Nicole. Uh, yep. she's a, a very nice young lady. And so, uh,
2: that will be very cool. Do you, do you have you even started to think like, Oh man, I you know I was surprised at how quickly the, it went from congratulations to what's the date? When's it does? Do <laughs> I was that, like, whoa! I know, I just did it. Yeah, I, I just did. It. That's the next but, question. But that's right? exactly how it. I mean, yeah. it, it goes. And so no, we haven't we haven't looked at anything like that yet. So right. we'll see where. it well,
1: goes. Well, like I said way back, however many months ago, I don't know if you were here for the show. Mm-hmm. I don't think you were, but. Don't feel any pressure to invite us. Okay. I mean, I know don't weddings do are the expensive. Live. You don't it won't do the hurt show our live. feelings. Now we could do that, but we don't necessarily need invitations. That's See, We're fair. just
2: part of the entertainment outside of the outside of the venue because it's special Saturday show. I'm pa- I'm fairly confident. She, I mean, she grew up in Raleigh. I'm pretty sure the wedding will be in in Raleigh. That yeah. much I do probably know. So if you guys want to come up to maybe a Hurricanes game, NC State game, get a little of that
1: stuff going. Oh, nowadays, like heck. Weddings are not on Saturday. It might be on a Friday.
2: Uh, no, I'm a big no Friday, no three-day weekend guy. Okay, so I, Saturday will Nicole's likely joking be? joking with me. That was my first thing I said. I was like, no Friday wedding, no three-day weekend wedding. She's like, oh, my gosh, you're more of a bridezilla than I am already.
1: Ah, yeah, got it going. <laughs> uh, well, congratulations. That's awesome stuff. That'll be a lot of fun. I do know this. This is crazy. Uh, I'm not going to name names because I don't know if he wants his name out there. But a <laughs> uh, guy we know in the, in the business um, is supposed to get married. I think it's uh what's this what's today's date? 16th?
2: Today is the sixteenth? Today's the sixteenth, yes. So
1: I think he's supposed to get married next weekend. Not this coming weekend, I have a friend, but next too. weekend they canceled. it. Well they canceled yeah. it. Yeah. They canceled. I mean you didn't even th- I don't think about that stuff, you know, until you start seeing floating around whether yeah. it's Facebook or somewhere else. But I mean people have to cancel their weddings. That's a tough deal, man. I, hopefully those places and I don't know. I'm I, sure each of it, their right? own, but I'm sure they'll reimburse and try to figure stuff out so they're not eating a lot of money. Yeah. But you know, the wedding. One of the cool part of the wedding is is almost everybody you know, and some people that you don't know that well because it might be in laws, friends, or Other whatever
2: side of the family. Yeah,
1: but it, that they're all in one place at one time, and depending mm-hmm. on how big your wedding is, that's one of the best parts of the. Life. That was like that's why it's like top three yeah. all time on my list that day Everyone because you know everybody who knows there, you know is there. Yeah. and it's like the only time that ever happens. Mm-hmm. Well. I would, have a, I would probably cancel mine, too, if it was coming up in the next month and don't a half. I not think we're allowed
2: to have over, I think, uh, if I remember well, correctly, you're too. not allowed to have more than 50 people. So if it's a bigger wedding... Although
1: that's one hell of an excuse <laughs> to cheap out on the
2: wedding. <laughs> I'm sorry you can't make it. I can't have over 50 people. <laughs> I would
1: look to get married in the next two weeks if I were
2: you, Coos. Yeah. If oh you're paying gosh. for some. It, only, only the important <laughs> people are allowed to come.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, so we start the show with some good news for Coos. Congratulations to uh, Justin and Nicole. They're getting married uh, at some point. They're getting gay over the weekend and uh, this will be a memorable time to get engaged It'll be the players championship that didn't happen so uh you'll always uh, we'll remember, remember it.
2: and it was on pie day so i told her i was like you signed yourself up for a life of pie day jokes yes like, very
1: horrible easy. dad jokes yeah, and easy uh well, easy dinner on your anniversary
2: Just oh yeah our first pizza. date was to get pizza and now on Pi day we're set
1: oh good to go all right uh, what's happening in the world of the nfl are people starting to hit that Nick Foles could be Adam Schefter says wait a minute teams have approached Jacksonville about Nick Foles for weeks to date Jacksonville has been unwilling to trade him still feels that way but never know what happens if another team gets aggressive Schefter I didn't think the Jags could find anybody to dance And they probably don't want to give up much. But wow. How do we feel about that? Let's start there. We've also got Calais, DeAndre Hopkins. We go to Wisconsin on the slopes to Austin Lane. There is going to be a lot going on in this show to digest, okay? So we'll keep you up to date on all. So you don't have to keep looking at your phone. We'll keep you up to date on what's going on and uh, tell you the latest happening. But there is a lot happening in the NFL. And quite frankly, it's... uh, making my head spin but we'll try to sort it out including anything to the Nick Foles rumors and why did the Jags trade away Calais Campbell it's on the way next ESPN 690
0: what's to say it's going to be better if the league pushes it back two weeks three weeks a month whatever it may be we don't know and so that is the next big decision that the NFL faces and all I can go by is what the league has said up until now that they're planning to start the league year on Wednesday until further notice and beyond that. So it's hard to start legal tampering when teams and players could enter into agreements on contracts when you're going to be pushing back the league year.
1: There's a lot going on in the NFL this weekend. We're going to talk about this because Schefter went like, he did not like the fact that the league year was starting on time uh, with everything going on. I put a poll out there today, and that's not everybody in the country, but I uh, put a poll out there, and three out of four people, I think, at last check were saying, hey, I don't mind it. So but is the NFL point, right or wrong in doing this right now? I, I understand they're feeding our need to get away from yeah. the coronavirus, and we haven't had sports in a while, so I understand why the fans like it, and maybe that's what the NFL's feeding into. But does Schefter and others, and I know, I, I think a lot of teams, I don't want to say I know, but I... I think there was a feeling from folks I talked to over the weekend that it was going to be pushed back. But that would have created a whole nother set of mess. So I, I want to get people's thoughts on that. Uh, you, there's there's bad optics here, potentially. Uh, optics is everybody's favorite word, but they're not wrong either. I mean, you got people signing $100 million contracts and then others – wondering if they're going to have a paycheck on Friday. So is that a good move by the NFL, or is it a nice distraction to be able to go business as usual, especially since these are all transactions? I still think the physical part of it is up in the air, and how are they going to do all that when you're signing somebody to a $60 million deal? Are you taking away from medical resources, perhaps, uh, even though that might be far-fetched? But are you? Uh, We don't know. So uh, we'll talk about that. I want to get to that a little bit later on. And Schefter was really strong on it. That's what kind of got my attention. Uh, as well uh speaking of strong like six foot six 240 pounds imagine coming down the ski slopes uh with at six foot six 246 pounds you know imagine being in front of that guy coming down the slopes <laughs> i i hope uh you haven't run over anybody there in wisconsin what's the weather how's the snow and uh did you just do a black diamond
3: austin way uh Hey, what's up? Brenton's good to hear from you, man. Well, obviously, I mean, the only runs I do now are Black Diamond. So yeah, I just did a Black Diamond. Uh, I'm showing in the parking lot right now. Just hanging out. I have until about 7 o'clock tonight. We have to pick up my mom from work. So it's just kind of a long day of snowboarding. Um, but as far as the conditions are concerned, not too shabby. It's about 35 degrees outside right now. It's kind of cloudy, but overall, man, I cannot complain. And obviously the hill is, uh, pretty quiet with everything. Going on, you know, with the uh, coronavirus and everything.
1: So, yeah, I was going to say uh, skiing. I, I saw. Remember last week, we were kind of uh, lightheartedly uh, joking about some of their messages on their website. They said, "Hey, we got ski masks, <laughs> and it's open air, and and uh, you, social distancing is fine, and so the slopes are open, right?"
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, the slopes are open. So it, it's kind of weird, right? Because um, I think Ohio pretty much essentially shut down. All their restaurants and all their bars, and Illinois has done the same thing. So, like you know, those are two states in the Midwest. I feel like if you shut down bars around here, you know, there's gonna be riots and everything like that. But so far, everything's remained open. Um, You know, we'll see if Wisconsin kind of follows trend there. I mean, obviously, like, and and this trip was kind of the the last moment spur of the moment kind of thing because I figured, tell you the truth, everything will be closed down. And uh, I kind of had a conversation with my wife. I was just like do you think I should go? And she's like, it means a lot to you. It means a lot to your stepdad. So she's like, I would go. And so I kind of heeded her advice and I made my decisions Sunday morning. I flew out uh, Sunday afternoon and I'm here now and, So far, so good. Well,
1: listen, the bottom line here is, as Austin Lane joins us from Wisconsin here at ESPN 690, uh, that we are practicing social distancing. And also, you'll probably be the uh, first person to join a gang during the coronavirus pandemic.
3: (laughs) I mean, once again, I've been very adamant about this. It's not a gang. it's, It's a club, and I say club in quotations. But basically, what I'm doing here in Wisconsin, obviously, is, is the fact that every St. Patrick's Day, there's this group of guys called the Ravinos. And what essentially what they are is they're a ski and snowboard club that originated here in Wisconsin. They migrated out west to Colorado and California. So there's three chapters of this club now. And my stepdad has been in the club for a while. Um, a few years ago, they asked me to join, and I kind of set it up this year that be, you actually show up and Take part in the initiation process, so that's kind of why it was an important trip to me. And obviously, it was important to my stepdad too because he'll he'll be around to watch me go through what I have to go through. Let's just say. All right, let's
1: get right to it. We got a lot of people uh, hanging out and wondering about Nick Foles, uh, and I know you're just you yeah. haven't been kind of locked into your phone, but I'll give you an update. Uh, there are reports that teams have been calling about Nick Foles for the Jags and uh, there's another report that Chicago's very interested. Right now, Chicago looks to be interested in every quarterback. It's crystal clear they're not comfortable with Mitchell Trubisky, and they are interested in every quarterback that's ever played the position, much like the Jags should be interested in every tight end that ever played the position. But, I mean, how much would it stun you at this stage if Nick Foles is moved given – The amount of quarterbacks that are out there for teams to pursue, and and Tom Brady, by the way, is still out there. I don't think Chicago's a landing spot. Tannehill gets scooped up and signed by the Titans. We'll talk about that in a bit. But seriously, uh, I know people wouldn't mind seeing Foles move. That's not the question here. The will he be moved, I've been adamant that I don't think he will. I don't think they'll find a dance partner. Well, it sounds like there's been discussions if you listen to some of the national guys.
3: Yeah, you know, Brent, and this is kind of a situation here where you have to wait for the dominoes to fall, okay? And, like, if you look at this 3 agent class of quarterbacks right now, obviously, in my opinion, Tom Brady is by far the that top piece, right? So I think once it kind of makes, you know, it comes into fruition of what happens with Tom Brady. Does he stay in New England, or are the rumors kind of circulating out of Tampa Bay right now saying they're trying to offer him, you know, like the max feel that they can offer him? does Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay? Because you got to think, if Tom Brady stays in New England, well, then Teddy Bridgewater possibly goes to Tampa Bay. And then, you know, it's just it's kind of like that trickle effect. So it's hard to say exactly what's going to happen until we know where these bigger names are going to go. From Nick Foles' standpoint, listen, the the, the whole thing is that contract, you know, and and that's kind of the biggest turnoff for me. I get it. The sample size last year was pretty small. But once again, you're taking on a pretty hefty contract And with the rumors circulating now too, with you know the Colts being very interested in Philip Rivers, to me the 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 Colts will give me the no brainer because the head coach there has experience with you know with Nick Foles obviously. Chicago though is kind of I guess a dark horse in my opinion just because I get it you want to move on from Mitch Trubisky but then you're really gonna burn yourselves with another Nick Foles kind of contract at the quarterback position. Like to me that's just a lot to ask. So once again I think once Tom Brady makes his decision. It'll all come into place. Do I see a team trying to pursue Nick Foles? It's hard for me to imagine, but you know what? I didn't imagine DeAndre Hopkins going to the Cardinals, right? I I didn't imagine Austin Hooper being the highest-paid tight end right now in the NFL. So, you know, this is free agency, Brent, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. So can I see Nick Foles going someplace else? I guess the answer is yes right now.
1: Yeah, it's wild. Austin Lane with us, uh, joined us from Wisconsin. He's got the next couple of days off uh, as he uh, has an event to uh, attend uh, these these couple of days. So um, we're still checking in with him, though, with a crazy free agency frenzy going on. And And if you just joined us, the latest reports, people like Adam Schefter in the last 20 minutes or so saying teams have been calling the Jags with interest to see if they would trade Nick Foles, the Jags holding steady on Foles, so they would maybe they're trying to build a little bit uh, more of a market for him, uh, and it also shows you that they just probably won't take the first thing thrown their way to unload him, like so many fans I think would like to do. Uh, just to reiterate, I still believe he's going to be on the roster in in 2020 in this football season. I just I just think that's the way it's going to work out and shake out. Uh, but, uh, that is the latest and, and that's what's got us talking about Nick Foles. W- does, would you take anything? Just to unload the deal? I mean, listen, money's not a problem anymore. Jags unloaded Clay's Campbell and, and AJ Boye. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but would you? Would you take almost anything right now just to unload the contract? Keep in mind, Jags will not save a ton of money from a cap space standpoint, regardless of what they do. I think they'd save about $3 million. But Sean Conn would save the cold, hard cash of paying Nick Foles $15 million this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, obviously, at this point right now, you know, I would take anything for Nick Foles because it's all about getting Nick Foles off the books, washing your hands of it, and moving on as a franchise, okay? I think with... You know, and we'll obviously get into the Klayas Campbell thing a little bit here, but, you know, with with the move with Klayas Campbell, with the move with A.J. Boye, you're obviously planning for the future right now. You know, and and I get it. Maybe you want to keep having these press conferences saying that you're still in it to win it for 2020. Obviously, I think with the decisions that you're making, that's not true at this moment, right? So, to me, it makes zero sense whatsoever keeping a high-priced guy like Nick Bowles on your roster when you're trying to acquire draft capital, when you're trying to plan for the future. So with that being said, I mean, if you can even get a sixth or seventh rounder for him just to unload him, you absolutely have to make that deal. Because, I mean, Clarence Campbell, I think, you know, he he got a fifth rounder. And once we get into a little bit, I think you probably could have got a little more for him. So it's all about what you get for somebody with Nick Bowles. If you get a seventh rounder, I would take it, get him off the books, and just, you know, start to have that, quote-unquote, rebuilding process, I guess.
1: So here's the latest from Ed Werder now from ESPN. As more rumors continue to uh, and reports come out, Bears are focused on acquiring Andy Dalton or Nick Foles, both veteran quarterbacks who have played for either Matt Nagy or members of coaching staff. Obviously, that would be John Filippo now. Uh, there's a sense in the organization that Trubisky should be forced to compete for the starting position. Now, that I, I, I give Chicago a little bit of credit. If you go back to the Blake Bortles days, that last year before he brought him to the AFC Championship game, it was the number one criticism of this organization. They brought nobody in to compete. You know, it was just Chad Henney and and uh and Blake. So the idea that Chicago at least is going to bring somebody in for their embattled QB, Mitchell Trubisky, makes a lot of sense and probably should give him a hat tip for that. And these are two viable options without a ton of uh money on the books. And what I say is a ton of money because Tannehill just got paid thirty million dollars to play the QB spot. That contract for Nick Foles isn't that bad in today's quarterback world. I mean, it really isn't. Now, it's not great if you stick him on the bench and he's a backup. I understand that. But if you think he's a factor, that contract right here in 2020 is not awful. Once again, Jags are on the books for $15 million this year uh, with that contract. So uh, it's something to keep an eye on. That's the latest out of Ed Warder uh from espn and there continues to be reports and some smoke around the nick Foles talk and the jacksonville jaguars i hope you don't have to run anywhere yet because we got something else to get to or two or three or four uh austin lane let's get to the You're Calais fine. campbell thing uh, just your take i'm going to get into it deeper in a bit but yeah. were you yeah. stunned that Calais campbell got traded and do you think a fifth round pick was not enough
3: so, so first of all, Brent, I have all the time in the world today, man. So don't worry about the time. I'm, I'm glad to kind of get off the slopes a little bit, take a break. So no worries there. Quick, once, I want to quick talk about this a little bit with, with Nick Bowles, you just mentioned, and Mitch Trubisky, where, you know, they're trying to bring in competition for Mitch Trubisky, and that's kind of the opposite of what happened with Blake Bortles. My quick question to you is, so Ryan Pace, GM of the Chicago Bears, essentially gave up a king's ransom to get Mitch Trubisky, right? And now, obviously, Mitch Trubisky has not panned out. From your perspective, though, Brent, like if you're the GM, is that kind of bad for optics, though, if you're trying to bring in a guy to compete with Mitch Trubisky? Because if I'm Brian Pace right now, and I sacrificed all that draft capital to get Mitch Trubisky, to me, that's the guy I have to roll with. But the last thing I want to do is see a free agent come in, beat up the quarterback that I went to bat for, and now he's the backup quarterback. So do you think, like, Ryan Pace is doing this right now as a, G- as a GM? for bringing these 3 guys in? Uh,
1: say the last part again. I was reading the tweet.
3: <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. So from Ryan Pace's perspective, right, because you compare the situation to Blake Bortles. They, they never brought anybody in for Blake Bortles after they gave him the new deal. Yeah, With yeah. Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Pace sacrificed a lot to get Mitch Trubisky. He did. Okay? Gave up a, a king's ransom, yeah. essentially. So from your perspective, are you And if you're Ryan Pace, are you doing yourself a disservice by bringing in these high-priced free-agent quarterbacks? Yeah. Because now, number one, you're spending money. Obviously, that doesn't need to be spent. And number two, you're basically saying, well, you know what? The guy that I went to bat for, gave up so much for, isn't the guy, and now we're going to go with the free agent instead.
1: Yeah, I thought I heard you correctly. I just want to make sure. Uh, yeah. this, listen, here's the deal. I think I would actually praise Pace for doing it this way instead of being stubborn and trying to be right. Right. All right. The Jags, I think if one Caldwell did with Bortles and others did with Bortles as they tried to be stubborn and right, Um, maybe myself included, too, by the way, who died on the hill. So uh, except my job's not on the line when it comes to that. There's is. And so Pace is in a situation and everybody in Chicago is in a situation where they have to do whatever they can to get 10 W's. You know, they need to win. And it doesn't matter how you got there, man. It doesn't matter how much you spent. It doesn't matter how bad you look giving up. As long as you get W's, we don't talk about all that stuff. The more you go 5-11, okay. and 11, everybody talks about that kind of stuff, you know? So it's like the grievances. True. Nobody would have talked about the grievances for the Jags if they were 11-5. and five. Nobody would have talked about it. <laughs> but because yeah. they stunk, everybody was talking about it. So I, I think it's okay. all that. And so I give them a little bit of credit for trying to fix it now. See, I think Tennessee just made a, a Bortles-like mistake. Now, I understand Tannehill's career is, is on a better trajectory than Blake Bortles. I get it. But I still believe they just make a, made a Bortles-like mistake. Keep in mind, the Jags, when they gave a deal to Bortles, it wasn't that bad of a deal. Now, the idea that they gave it to them, sure, you you were right if you were against it. But the money part was not that bad. This deal is $61 million guaranteed to Tannehill, up to $92 million, I think it is, or 62 and 91 So it's a huge amount of money for Tannehill. You're really rolling the dice here. I think this is a smart move by Pace and Chicago to have a backup plan because, listen, the narrative usually does win the day at some point. It's not always right, but it usually trends that way. And the narrative on Trubisky is just not good enough. And so that's okay. probably yeah. the deal. How much you longer are you going to stick with that, uh, especially when you've given – you know, you've, you've acquired other people and spent other money to build around them and it's still not working. So I, uh, I would actually praise him in that regard. All right. Now to get to Calais Campbell. What do you think? Uh, were you stunned? Uh, I know we're all disappointed, but, uh, yeah. were you stunned in a fifth round pick? Uh, by the way, which your fifth round pick, they moved up 13 spots today because Atlanta ended up giving a fifth round pick to Baltimore and the Jags are going to get that. So they actually now have, uh, 13 spots higher in the fifth round than they would have had, but still Calais Campbell's gone.
3: Yeah, so I guess I'm going to start out by saying this. I guess I was a little naive to the fact that, you know, and, and once again, this is me taking the owner's, you know, postseason statement, you know, to heart, where he said we're going to retain Dave Caldwell, we're going to retain Doug Marone, because the plan is to turn around in 2020 and vouch for a playoff spot. Now, once again, I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically what the, essentially what the statement says. Yes, yes. Right, so... A.J. Boye, you know, he gets traded, and it was starting to be like, okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, I can see it. Get him off the of books a little bit. Maybe re-sign, Calais, Obviously, keep Calais, try to work on Yannick Ngakwa's contract. So, I didn't have a red flag there at all. But once Calais Campbell got traded yesterday, and I was literally right at the airport when it was happening, um, it kind of blew me back a little bit, you know, for, for a couple reasons. Number one, obviously, the type of guy that Clayus Campbell is, right? I mean, I only had the privilege to speak with him a couple times. Um, I'm reminded the first time I met him was at Puzz's retirement ceremony. Um, you know, I just walk in to sit, you know, and support Puzz, and here's Clayus Campbell just out of nowhere comes out to me. He goes, "Hey, man, welcome back." I heard a lot about you, and just introduces himself to me. I'm like, "Dude, you're Clayus Campbell, all right? You're an all pro." I should be like admiring you. And number two, you're six foot eight, and I'm like, you know. Looking up to you—that's kind of weird to me. But like that's just—you know—I mean, it was just—it's it, just who Clay S Campbell was. You know, he was very personable, um, and it's almost like he had that split personality. Where on the field he was this absolute monster—you know, couldn't be stopped—and off the field it was almost like he was this gentle giant, right? So I mean, I, I had nothing but nice things to say about Clayus Campbell and what he's done with the community, obviously, um, and everything that he's accomplished—not only on the field. But off the field for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I hope that they honestly put him in the Ring of Honor. I know it's only a three year stint, but I think when you have things like the Ring of Honor in Jacksonville, you know, you take into account obviously the play on the field and what he's meant to the team, but you have to look at what Clayas Campbell's meant to the community as well. And, you know, his foundation will still keep doing things in Jacksonville. Uh, that's what I read from him in his tweet and everything. But I think that guy needs serious consideration for the Ring of Honor. So now, with that being said, trading him to the Baltimore Ravens for a fifth-round pick. You know, and at first, I saw the fifth-round pick, and I just kind of had to laugh at it a little bit, right, because, yes, Clayus Campbell may have regressed a little bit, and we talked about it, you know, before on the show. We broke it down on the wall that says it all. But you cannot hide the fact that Clayus Campbell was a pro bowler last year. And he's the Walter Payton Man of the Year. Now, once again, the Walter Payton Man of the Year is more of stuff off the field, but it shows you what type of person that Baltimore will be getting. So with that being said, I have to ask the question, could the Jaguars have got more for Calais Campbell? And I think a lot of people are saying, yeah, you know what, fifth-round pick it's not that bad, and obviously you're doing Calais Campbell a favor by trading him to Baltimore where you know a great guy like that has an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Now, listen, if I look at the the, the free agency last year, Brent, right when free agency opened, you have a couple of examples. You have a guy with Michael Bennett who got traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the New England Patriots for essentially a a fifth-round pick, okay? And that's all it was. You have a guy like Robert Quinn last year who got traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Dallas Cowboys, I think, for a sixth-round pick. Now, Robert Quinn ended up having a fantastic season in Dallas. Obviously, Dallas got the better part of that pick. But keep in mind, in Miami, he really wasn't playing that well. And keep in mind, Miami was a mess. With Michael Bennett, they essentially got zero in return in New England and it was kind of a wasted, you know, draft pick to trade for him. So I guess my question would be, well, if you compare Kaleas Campbell to Robert Quinn, to, to Michael Bennett, or you look at D Ford last year who got a second round pick, you have to ask yourselves, could the Jaguars have got more draft capital for Calais Campbell than a fifth round pick? And in my honest opinion, knowing what I know about Kaleas Campbell, I think yes. Now, keep in mind, I understand he's at the back nine of his career. Not every team's going to want to trade for him. Obviously, the playoff contenders or teams that are on a doorstep are going to try to trade for Klayas Campbell to try to put them over. But I just think they could have got a little more for Klayas Campbell at the end of the day.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting, man. Here's the deal. Here's my thought on it, okay? I think they could have got a little bit more. Uh, I, I will say this. If you look at, and this is a very hard thing to do in Jacksonville right now, and I understand that. But if you look at one of the pluses of Dave Caldwell is he's been able to pull some pretty good trades. The guy knows how to get value uh, out of a trade. I mean, he really does. Uh, I don't know if there's been a bad one. Um, And there's been some really good ones, including Jalen Ramsey, including A.J. Boye just a couple weeks ago, including going to get Marcel Darius uh, a couple of seasons ago. So, again, this isn't... uh, be trying to be dave caldwell's agent but he has done a nice job in that arena and i would guess that there wasn't a ton out there you got to keep in mind now the numbers do say 34 million i'm sorry 34 years old 15 million uh the numbers have gone down a little bit in terms of production of course came off that monster year of 17 and teams were going to have to be able to Maneuver with the dollars and maybe rework to get what Baltimore did and make it a $20 million guaranteed over two years with flexibility for 2020 season on the cap. So that already limits, I think, the amount of people that you can uh, get in there and get in on the sweepstakes for Calais Campbell. Teams with a lot of draft capital, teams that are not very good, probably aren't going after Calais Campbell because he's more of a final piece than he would be a building block. And the last part of this is I do think because of what he meant to this organization, I think the Jaguars tried to get him to a good situation. I really do. Uh, I, I Now, if listen, they didn't pass up on a second and a fifth because of it. But could they have passed up on maybe a little higher fifth or, or something like maybe to get him to a contender and a place that fits? Maybe. I, I don't know. I would have no idea if that happened. I'm just saying I think they tried to take care of Calais in this deal as well as a thank you in sorts of, of what he had meant to this organization the last few years. And and so uh, who knows how it all went down, but uh, that might have just been the going rate for Calais Campbell, and it cleared off $15 million uh, on the books. All right, uh, two quick ones. Uh, cool. Shocked that Tannehill uh, signed with the Titans? Um, Actually, three quick ones. You can chime in on all three. Where's Brady and up? And, yeah. uh, I mean, is Bill O'Brien nuts? <laughs> yeah.
3: So, yeah, real quick, too. And that's our I start with the Kaleas Campbell thing real quick, Brent, where, listen, I- I'm happy for Kaleas Campbell, and-, and that's awesome. we going to Baltimore. Have fun working with Joe Cullen, though. Good luck with that. <laughs> that's but, right. <laughs> yeah, but-, but-, but, listen, in terms of the grand scheme of things, yeah, great for Kaleas Campbell. You know what? You've got a fifth-round pick for him. The one thing I'm also nervous about, though, a little bit, too, with this Claires campbell trade is usually when you make these type of trades, and once again, I think we're, we're both on the same page here, Brent, where we agree that the Jacksonville Jaguars are not essentially really playing for 2020, they're playing for the future and beyond, okay? And when you get rid of Klayas-Campbell, you have to ask, too, okay, so you, you get rid of the vet in the locker room, you get rid of the, the staple, the pillar, the guy that's always done things the right way. Usually when that happens, you're confidently getting rid of somebody like that to pan the keys off to somebody else, right? Like, you want to see a guy go knowing that the locker room's in good shape without him and, like, the next generation can come up and take after him, okay? If you analyze that Jaguars defense right now, obviously Josh Allen is a front runner coming forward. He's a very mature individual. He's a great locker room guy, right? He's he's mature beyond his years. I'm not worried about Josh Allen, all right? But we don't know if Yannick Ngakli is going to be in that locker room next year. We're not sure whether with Miles Jack, obviously he's going to be there, but number one, what position is he playing? Number two, is he ready to be the leader of that defense? Because I saw him get dragged off the field by Ernest Wilford the first game of the season against the Kansas City Chiefs, right? So from the standpoint of having the leadership, having the pillars on that defense, I question it right now. And especially if you're trying to go into a rebuild mode, we saw this same story when Gus Bradley came to town. and got rid of guys like Daryl Smith. Um, you know, they got guys like Ouch, you know, on the offensive line where uh, Eugene Monroe. all these guys who necessarily may not have been the most biggest playmakers on the team at the time, but they were solid pillar guys. They were guys that could lead the transition leading the younger guys. I just think right now, getting rid of play as Campbell, you have to ask yourself, do you have the pillars in place to going forward now to be successful on defense number one, but also to try to avoid what happened with Gus Bradley?
1: Yeah, it's a good call, and I think you also have to ask himself though, is that worth $15 million? And that's a fair question for the organization yeah. to ask as well, even though you – listen, you're talking to a guy that would have done a GoFundMe to keep Calais Campbell around here. So, uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I I'm biased as heck. I love the guy, but – I will say, I think, and we'll talk more about it later, sometimes good organizations, <laughs> and I'm not saying that the Jaguars are in this boat, but I'm saying sometimes good organizations will make business moves like this with a 34-year-old guy. And uh, We'll find out if it paid off or not down the road. Um, and and I did not just lump right now the way the Jags have been with good organizations, but I'm just saying like it's a move that I feel like I keep prefer. The Patriots would make that kind of move. And you'd kind of be like, oh, man, they got rid of Claes Campbell. But they wouldn't make that kind of move over the years. They did. They have. Um, And the Jags just made one of those instead of hanging on a little bit too long. Perhaps. We'll see how all that shakes out. All right, real quick, Tannehill, where does Brady end up? And DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, Bill O'Brien, I feel like he's nuts right
3: now. Yeah, so first of all, Ryan Tannehill. You know, this is where me and you differ a little bit, right? Because a lot of people want to compare this to the Blake Bortles ordeal. You know, and we've talked about it before on the show a little bit. I don't think it's like the Blake Borough situation pretty much whatsoever because the thing with the Borough situation was he had that one good year back in 2017. He leads your team to an AFC championship. So I guess, you know, out of ethics, you pay him that money. And I think a lot of – at least I've stood in the boat where, you know what, it kind of made sense to me, right, because the guy had a pretty good year. You obviously had a solid running game as well. Your defense was really humming, but at the end of the day, the general of your offense, one of the leaders in your team, took you to the AFC Championship, so you compensated for it. Okay, fine. With Ryan Tannehill's perspective, yes, he did a lot of things for the Tennessee Titans this year. Now, yes, Derrick Henry also got franchise. They didn't get his new deal yet, so it makes that, the optics, pretty bad for the Titans. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure how many game-winning drives Ryan Tannehill had, but the the Titans do not go to the playoffs without Ryan Tannehill, okay? So when we talk about that, and then we also talk about the fact that if you look at his past, and if you look at some of his numbers, you know, for his first couple years at Miami, they're not bad, okay? He had some pretty legitimate seasons. Uh, unlike Blake Bortles, where it was essentially just one season, AFC Championship, Ryan Tannehill has had some success in Miami as well. Now, obviously, it gets kind of lost because you're playing in Miami, and it's been a mess for the past decade, it seems like, so. I think sometimes the talent of Brian Tannehill doesn't really get talked about from the situation and the circumstances that he's come from. Now we fast forward to this past season. He takes his team to the AFC Championship once again. Didn't have crazy numbers whatsoever. It was all Derrick Henry. But at the end of the day, I think that, you know, would I pay him that much money? Absolutely not. I probably would have cut it by at least $5 million, But it's just $5 million at the end of the day. And if it is what it is, I'm, I just don't think it's like a Blake Borough situation. I think it's its own separate entity. Now, do I think that Ryan Tannehill can keep on being the guy for Tennessee and leading them to the AFC Championship game? I'm not sure about that. I just think, though, we're not going to see a Blake Borough-like collapse where in two years Ryan Tannehill is not going to get the Titans anymore.
1: All right. Uh, got to get to break or Kuz is going to kill me. Um, okay, let's go, yeah. But Brady, I'm fine. I'm fine. Brady, Bucks or Patriots? You
3: starting uh, start to oh, think you're drinking the shake or what? Oh no, absolutely. You know exactly where I stand. He, you he are, are so stubborn.
1: Basis.
3: Oh, I'm so I, stubborn. Listen, Vegas, basis,
1: Vegas even has it at, at minus one fifty to go to Tampa.
3: Oh, don't don't tell me that right now, man. Because I'll 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 put, I'll, put a, I'll put a transaction down at the skill if I have to. Yeah, you listen, might want to hedge think, hedge your shake. <laughs> I just think with with New England, once again, New England. Um, they're great because they've always had a backup plan when things don't go their way. They're, they're always, it seems, like 10 steps ahead of every other team in the NFL. They, they don't have a plan right now for a backup quarterback. They don't have a plan right now for a franchise quarterback. And I think until that plan gets in place, there's no way they let Tom Brady walk out of New England. I think Tom Brady stays in New England.
1: All right, uh, and
3: Hopkins, shocked? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, this, I mean, listen, and it, I'm sure you've seen the rumors, too, where – there might be possible talks of Odell Beckham Jr. possibly going to he- – I mean, again, I it. it's all hearsay right now. To me, Brent, th- there has to be a bigger plan in place here for Houston. There, there has to be something on the Fritz. I just cannot imagine trading DeAndre Hopkins away, who's going in the prime of his career, and I get it, didn't have you know his most successful season last year, but still a pretty dang good season and still probably a top-five wide receiver in the NFL. And you essentially trade him away for a second-round pick and David Johnson. And don't get me wrong, there was one point in the NFL where David Johnson was arguably probably the best running back. Yeah, most right? dangerous, maybe. NFL. Yeah, he was very dangerous. But this was the NFL, man, especially from the running back position. Injuries happen, right? So he gets hurt a little bit. And what happens when Kingsbury comes in? For whatever reason, Kingsbury and David Johnson, they did not gel. They didn't gel so much for the fact that Kingsbury gambled goes after Kenyon Drake from Miami, and now Kenyon Drake's going to be the feature back in Arizona. So I just, if if I'm the Houston Texans fans right now, I'm shaking my head. I'm upset because I just can't justify trading away, you know, your your top talent, one of the best wide receivers in the league for a second-round pick and essentially a gamble at the running back spot.
1: Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to talk more about it. I'd like to get your thoughts, too, 904-362-9901 on all these moves that are happening and where the Jags stand in it all. Austin Lane joining us from Wisconsin. He'll do it again tomorrow. Have fun on the slopes, man. Be safe. Good, uh, good time visiting with the family. And uh, you better check the airports. Hopefully they don't shut them down. Well, that's a long drive back. Yeah,
3: well. Yeah, well, if not, I'm going to be in the I'm going to be in the business of purchasing a, a video and some kind of equipment to stream by from my mom's house. So <laughs> that doesn't go into fruition. And also, I just want to say congratulations, Kuzman, man, on the engagement. I heard the story where you, you hit the car and rent a car or whatever. Of yeah. course you did. But, but congratulations, man. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah,
2: you know, it was one of those times I was like, you know what? They aren't wrong where I always have some weird story around it. First of many bumps in the road. All right, Austin. Have fun,
1: man. we Will do, man. Talk to you guys tomorrow. All right, when we come back, I'm thinking of something, okay, right now. And we going to get to more of the moves going on and any news going on in the NFL. Are the Jags winning the first day of free agency in the AFC South without even acquiring anybody? I'll explain next on ESPN 690. You know, the silver lining is guys got a chance to get healthy. The the difficult part is how many people that are out of work that really counted on it and and really look
3: forward to watching baseball be played. Um, That's the difficult part. And we will get back to it, and I think we'll all appreciate, you know, the game of baseball more when we come back because we miss it so much. But the silver lining is I think players
1: got a chance to get healthy that maybe their season will not be delayed in a sense now. I think that's going to be the case in all sports, really. I think we are going to miss it. And I think it's going to be, wow, look what we missed. We can't wait to be back at it in the sports world. I do think there's an element of that. That's Joe Girardi, who now is the manager of the Phillies uh, after a little bit of a hiatus. Phillies, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course, that's why Coos picked that, Philadelphia. We play uh, a lot of those. Well, yeah. Coos, what's the video game out now that you're so excited about? Call of Duty Warzone. Yeah, it, so that was smart,
2: right? Oh, I'm Call telling of Duty, you,
1: like I know the stock market is tanking, but if you could buy stock in
2: Call of Duty, not a bad idea, right uh, now? Respawn, I believe, is the yeah, but it's it's everyone was on it. Like the servers crashed numerous times, and that had, that doesn't normally happen to Call of Duty games. If so. I
1: was Nicole's dad and you just asked me if you could marry my daughter, <laughs> I'd be concerned how much you play video games. You'd be yeah, she'll, yeah. She'll put an end to that. It's okay.
2: To be fair. It's for work. I do a podcast about video games. That's what I tell her all the time. She gets mad at me playing video games. I'm like, it's
4: research. Said work and podcast in the same sentence. Yeah, no, sure. Yeah, now I'm giving Nicole's dad advice. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, there we go. So, uh, Brett
2: Martino, uh, Stuart Weber, joining us
1: from Action Sports Jacks, who's here on a Monday where NFL free agency frenzy is going bananas. Uh, I've got so many thoughts, and we'll continue to update you. Keep in mind, there are a lot of fake Twitter people out Mm -hmm. there that will report things. I have gotten so good at this. They're going to try and get you that's for you nubs uh i
4: (laughs) watch that blue check mark everybody
1: i have gotten so much better at that but it's a trap you can easily fall in right about now uh but a lot of moving and shaking going on including the big story here it's got a lot of people's attention nick Foles drawing some interest and i think i just saw big cat country tweeted out a quote from lewis riddick from espn saying if i was uh matt Nagy in chicago i'd go get Foles right now. Again, John Filippo is there. So could the Jags move Foles? We already believe there is a ton of momentum to say Gardner Minshew's the guy. I also am not going to be hypocritical here. I have said I believe at the end of the day, and I've said this for months, that Nick Foles will be on the roster in, in the fall. I, I just believe that because I didn't think they'd find a dance partner. Well, now it's starting to heat up that they could find a dance partner. And I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. And if I I said to somebody uh, yesterday, if I was Nick Foles, I'd be asking out. I didn't sign up for this. I didn't sign up to compete with Gardner Minshew and the jorts and the aviators and, and everything else and the bandana. I didn't. This was supposed to be my team. That's what you brought me here to beat. do. Now it's not that way. And, and it wasn't even really my fault. I got hurt. That was it. So I'd be asking out, and maybe the Jags get a reprieve in that sense, and maybe even some draft capital, but
4: at least a reprieve from the dollars that Khan would have to spend. And before I jump into that, we do have another Schefter tweet. This one's real? Another deal in the AFC South. The Indianapolis Colts trading the 13th overall pick in this year's draft, so their first rounder for DeForest Buckner from the 49ers. Wow. And giving him a deal worth 21 million dollars a year to make him the second highest paid defensive tackle only behind Aaron, Aaron. Donald. Wow.
1: Now they well, keep in mind now uh the Colts have a ton of money. Leonard Fournette going to be even more pissed now. So they traded their first round pick first rounder this year. And 21 mil. Wow. That is a huge deal. I know they've got a ton of money, but I mean, is DeForest Buckner that good? He's been good. The Jags now, go back to that 16 draft. Jalen Ramsey, Joey Bosa, and DeForest Buckner were on their list. They couldn't have missed. I mean, you know, the critics of Dave Caldwell, you couldn't have screwed it up. You really couldn't have. The two quarterbacks went off the board first, and if you picked in the top five, you really could not have messed it up. If you were three, four, or five, Jags would have done well with any of those guys. Interesting is Eric Armstead. San Francisco gave a deal Got to the deal. him. Most yep. people thought he was going to be let go. They give him the deal.
4: And Buckner goes. And the deal
1: for Armstead, uh, which
4: now I forget. Five for 85, I believe it was.
1: Should or could help Yannick Ngakwe in the long run. To, whenever he signs a deal. Because Armstead has 19 career sacks.
4: And he made this m- sort of money. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yannick has... 37 and a half career sacks. So I think that's a great move for Jan's Jan's camp to say, (laughs) we told you the money where it should be. Now, what's five? Help me with the math. Five years, 85. That's what? 17 million a year? 17 a year. Yep. So again, that's good negotiation. That's a
4: barometer
1: now. That's a bottom line for Jan in terms of a long term deal.
4: You're also paying for a guy on the rise with. Armstead and the fact that he's coming off a double-digit sack season, 12 if you include the playoffs. So he's a guy who's on the way up, and you're paying for the trajectory of up. I don't want to fault Jan for being consistently awesome. But he's been that solid, awesome number the entire time. And if you're paying that kind of money to Armstead, you think he's going to keep giving you that sort of production that he did last year every year?
1: We highlighted three guys last night on Action Sports Jack's Prime Time. I didn't think the Jags were going after Austin Hooper. I didn't think they'd get involved in that sweepstakes. They did not, Cleveland. and and he ends up going to Cleveland. Uh That was one of the guys. We. Armstead was another. My concern with Armstead is it just a one-year thing because other than that, he had had a sack and a half and two sacks. And keep in mind how good that front was last year. Was Was he just a recipient of all that talent on that front seven, really, that defensive line that could rotate people in and out? And so we had the monster year. San Francisco had the best front maybe in football last year. So I would be a little cautious of the Armstead deal, too. I wasn't that excited about it. I think you got a guy in Yan that I'd still like to see if they could figure something out with. And then the last guy was DJ Reader. I like that one. Of all the three guys we highlight, I think a DJ Reader deal, and I don't know what the heck he would he would covet in terms of dollars. I was equating it a little bit to the Eddie Goldman, former Florida State guy who, yeah. who signed with Chicago and got re-upped for four years. I think like forty-two million. Maybe Reader's in that category. And again, I'm just guessing, but I don't mind that a big, big body who filled in for Vince Wilfork very very well um i think the jags would do well to take a look at a guy like dj reader a
4: lot of scuttlebutt about him possibly going to denver as being a team that's really really wants dj reader um who, who knows if that's going to you know end up being the way it goes but uh certainly say one that those, one more time
1: i was reading something you said den denver Denver's, apparently very
4: interested okay. in dj reader yeah so,
1: so they're spending uh elway always spends yeah uh the the topic I had come, up, uh, I was thinking of, and listen, this isn't. Uh, got to remember now. I tried yeah, to sorry, I kind of
4: throw us off the false topic there. That we no, no, no. no this up. is
1: new information. Yeah. We got to keep. Listen, oh, yeah. you're going to get a lot Roll of this the today. Punches,
4: We're going to be all over the place
1: today because there's new information coming in, and that Colts deal is wow. I mean, DeForest Buckner, holy cats! I mean, that is a big deal. Again, you're giving away your first round pick, which number is number thirteen, starter
4: for years to come, is and the paying
1: twenty one million. Yeah. Keep in Oof. mind now. The first-round pick at 13, you could get Javon Kinlaw, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you could get a defensive lineman. I, mean, I don't think Derek Brown's slipping that far, but right. you could even trade up, use some capital. Wow. I mean, that is a big move, and it also shows you – you know what else it shows you? They want to win now. They're going to get Phillip Rivers. Right. You know, they are going to get Phillip Rivers. So, okay. Now, my spin might change a little bit here. My at least first outlook on this because of that – because Buckner now becomes a big body. They they upgraded big time with him on defense. But here's my thought. If you look, I, I thought about this today, and I, and I don't know if it, I, I was more of a discussion point, maybe a little sunshine and rainbowy, if you will. But the Jags sitting neutral here in free agency on day one, as it looks, are they actually winning in the AFC South? And the reason I say it is this: as it sits right now, Indianapolis doesn't have a quarterback. Uh, Jacoby Brissett's okay, yeah, but you're not scared of him, yeah, and. They got so lucky last year when Andrew Luck left. I mean, the Jags and the rest of the AFC South got so lucky. All that draft capital, all the money that the Colts had, and and Luck goes away. Imagine if they were building around him right now. Instead, they have to go get Rivers. And you know what? As as much of a jag killer as Rivers has been, it, there are serious questions if Rivers is losing his fastball. I mean, he is getting up there. Just because Tom Brady plays until he's 43 or 44, just because Drew Brees plays until he's 40, 41, it doesn't mean every guy is going to do that.
4: That's a long drive from San Diego to Indianapolis every <laughs> week, too, back and forth. <laughs> and he's a statue
1: guy. You know, he can't move at all. I always say Drew Brees moves pretty well for 40 years old still. So that is a good offensive line, though. Yeah. I can't oh, discount yeah. that. I'm not saying the Colts are bad. I'm just wondering. I'm not that, like, afraid of the Colts, maybe because the Jags have always matched up well with them anyway. Tennessee obviously kept what they had. They they tagged Derrick Henry, and they give Tannehill the long-term deal. But if you're looking at the next two, three, four years out – Tannehill doesn't scare me. I no. think they did him a favor. Yeah. I think the I think the Titans did the Jags and the rest of the South a favor by saying he's our guy. You know why? Because even if he's good, he's okay good. He's not elite good. He's not unbelievable good. There's no way he's even getting to that stratosphere. I think he, they did the rest of the the, the division a favor by by. Uh, assigning Tannehill to that kind of extension. And then, obviously, Deshaun Watson is the cream of the crop in terms of quarterbacks. He's the star of the AFC South quarterbacks, but they just took away his best weapon, and Will Fuller, who is their second-best weapon, is usually hurt half the year. So, and Bill O'Brien's making all the calls, and I just don't trust that if I'm uh, Texans right now. So... I'm quietly thinking like the Jags, yeah, this year I'm not saying they're going to beat all these teams, but they're now loading up on cap space, loading up on draft capital. And the big caveat is if Minshew, if he's the guy, I mean, and and if they can turn these picks into something, I get all that. It's a big if, but uh, I just feel like the Jags sitting tight today are watching all this around them, and nobody in the AFC South is making moves that says, whoa, we're going to be good for the next two, three, four, five years, and we've got a stranglehold on the on the division. It's still up, to, up for grabs, even with the Buckner move, and even if Rivers is the guy in Indianapolis.
4: But the Colts do think that that is going to be their best path to success in the short term, so that's kind of the reason why they're going to it. Now, I kind of get what you're saying with, if we're looking at the long term, and that's Kind of what the Jaguars have indicated here the last couple days. And when I say
1: long-term, I mean long-term in the NFL is two, two, three years. years. two, three years,
4: right? It's not this year. It's essentially the long-term is what we're talking about in that regard. But with making the moves of Calais Campbell, with getting rid of A.J. Boye, with who knows what happens here with Nick Foles and this whole deal going on right now, you're talking about a team that is looking at the quote-unquote long-term in the NFL, so two, maybe three years from now, which – is really going to piss off everyone who's listening and everyone who's a Jaguars fan because they've been waiting for the long term for the two or three years for what seems like a decade and yeah. they only had it the one time. Happen. I'm not asking Jags fan
1: to be patient. Correct. Uh, it's not our job to do that.
4: No, no, not at all. That's, we'll let the people inside the building do all that fun and explain to you why you should do that and still buy tickets and, and all the fun stuff that comes along with it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, your point is valid in the fact that, hey, the, the Jaguars could kind of sit back and watch all this stuff happen and and start to do their game plan, their process towards the future and be like, okay, we're happy with this. We we like what we're seeing, what's going on out there.
1: Yeah, They uh, listen, the Jags have to make a lot of good moves and sensible yeah, decisions. Yes. And, and uh, I don't think we're going to get into it right today. Uh, maybe we will. But A lot of draft picks is great, but you have to make the right picks with them. Yeah, and I think the bigger thing is, are they starting from a place that is way better than the last time we went through this? Sure. And, and, you know, if you go back to, all the way back to 13, 14, 50, and let's just take the, that time frame. We know 13 was a throwaway year. I mean, it was a strip down of the roster. It was the worst roster ever created in the history of the league, perhaps. Uh, that's just the way it was. And then by, I'll take you to 15, they still had a ton of draft, uh, I'm sorry, uh, cap space. They could spend more money than anybody in the league. Uh, and so they could make the moves like, the Malik Jacksons of the world going into sixteen and Calais Campbell and AJ Bouye and those kind of moves they could make those splash. Well, they've got like fifty million dollars to play with now in cap space. They're going to get even more space next year, depending on what goes on Nick, with Nick Foles. They can even move more guys. Norwell will be available. Be you know cut. Uh, you can cut him after next year. Yeah, more money available. So. And then we know all the draft picks. And I get it. They they haven't done a good job. But the bottom line is you can get good in a hurry. It's Mm -hmm. not 2013 or 14. They're really starting from a base of 2015 or better. Because I'll give you players that I think a lot of teams would take. DJ Chark. Brandon Linder. And by the way, go look at Linder's salary. It's like 15th, 16th in the league for centers. He's a good player at that rate. He might not be elite. Uh, He's never proven that. But he's a good player at that rate. I, I don't, just, don't know what they have gonna, Minshew.
4: A lot of people will always remember he was the highest-paid center. Well, Absolutely. That's, that's just the way the business that's works. Years yes, now, so that's year's bias Yeah, that's been
1: a few years now. Uh, Fournette is there for now. And I don't know if he'll be there in two or three years. And now you're not going to opt- fifty year option him because of the new rule that changed with the CBA. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, listen, they don't have studs on offense. I'm talking about some young guys. If And Minshew's a big caveat mm-hmm. here. But D.J. Chark looks the part. Uh Linders can still
4: get it done jawan taylor still getting it i mean he looks the part and you have a bunch of unknowns too when you talk about guys like josh oliver who we re- really never got to see yeah and i, so I can't give can him credit for that you can't, yet you can't give him that but you have these young pieces and you could say it on the defense too uh they obviously like quincy williams enough to to go get him and Obviously, we'll see what happens with the linebacking position moving forward, but the young cornerbacks, I mean, if you move on from a guy like A.J. Boyer, they at least internally have to have some sort of confidence in the guys that they have inside that building to say, hey, we like Trey Herndon, we like our other guys that we have enough to, to be able to say, okay, if we got to run these two out there, we're going to run these two out there.
1: Here's the deal. I believe... If you're going to build something and try to flip it quick, you need six to eight guys at a core level that you like yeah. and you really like and you expect to produce and be here and get better every single year.
4: Not well, including the kicker and punter. Those don't get yeah, you
1: know. true. Chark, Those Linder, uh, even Fournette right now is produced, but Jawan Taylor. Yeah. I'm not even going to say Fournette because I don't know if he's here in two years or even three. Sure. So I'll That's say three. Chark, Linder, and, and Taylor yeah. at the very least. Um, We can debate all the other ones, but I'll give you three on offense that I think still have the next three years to produce at a good level and grow. I mean, Linder's probably who he is, but the other two could grow. On the defensive side, you have, I'm going to include him because he's on the roster, Yannick, but also Josh Allen. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you Miles Jack that they believe in. Can he get back to the form? That's a different question. So if you take those five or six guys, however you want to do it, maybe that's not enough. But now you couple it in with all these draft picks, draft picks and money yep. that becomes available. And the big question mark is the if of Minshew. They have a guy in their stable that they like. Is he the guy? Well, that's certainly debatable. Uh, and we'll find out a little bit more after this year. But we know this. If he's not the guy, they most likely will be in a position next year mm-hmm. to draft a guy. Because and they got the capital to move up if they want to do that. They have two first round draft picks next year as well. So yes, it's still about making good decisions. Yeah. But my point is they're more at the 2015 stage mm-hmm. of this than the 13 or 14 stage of it. Thank goodness so- yes, cuz well, it so
4: yeah, it was 13. so bad.
1: And but I'll give you an example of, of a team that did. I mean, San Francisco is the greatest example yeah. of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they and they invested in their quarterback, sure. but they were still taking a chance on him. Garoppolo, and yeah. quite frankly, he hasn't become Patrick Mahomes. But they did enough stuff around him with their draft capital. Some of the moves they made here or there. And look where they ended up. So
4: I think yeah. a large part of their ascension too, and why it was such a big jump is because you had that year gap when Garoppolo got hurt. So it might be it might be a unique scenario in the fact that they kind of had this this two year jump if you really want to look at it, where they might have been in the middle somewhere in that Garoppolo hurt season before they made that huge jump. well, they got lucky yeah in, in a weird way, getting to the Super Bowl got faster because mm-hmm. Garoppolo got
1: hurt because they picked up bosa yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. oh yeah, that's why. So that's right. what that helped them. That fortified that defense. But they got lucky. So the Jags along the way will have to get lucky. It's kind and kind of like how the Colts did with pieces? Andrew
4: Luck, right? Is that same same, same idea? It was a perfect gap. Payton, Payton had got you know the injuries, and, and then they won one. They game. were awful. They get Andrew Luck, boom, fit him right back in there. And so the
1: Jags could go on. A couple things could happen. Their luck pieces you. or they could be so bad that they get Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, you know, I mean, who knows where it goes. Sure, but. I just think they're in a better spot uh, from where they've been to do this. Now, again, I know what you're telling me on social media right now, probably. And I know what you're yelling at me in your car or on Facebook or YouTube or Twitter or wherever you're watching. And that is, yeah, but Dave Caldwell's making the picks. Mm-hmm. I get it. But whoever's making the calls, they're going to have to make the good decisions. If they don't make good decisions, they don't get a little lucky here or there. But well, we know where it's going to be. My point is they're in a position that's better than it's been, believe it or not. Is it better for 2020 than the rest of the division? No. But is it better maybe two or three years down the road than the rest of the division? I think that's debatable. I, I, I think a lot of people would sign up for what the Jags have in terms of a few core players yeah. that are pretty good, the capital and the money. Uh, that will be available over 2020 and 2021 to make some moves. So uh we'll see where it goes from there uh in, in that regard. Nothing new on the Nick Foles front. It doesn't look like. The big news of the last 20 minutes is the Colts trade for DeForest Buckner and then hand them $21 million. And they also lose their 13th overall pick, the first-round pick. You know, this is a really good deal. In terms of fortifying a line and getting better and spending your money, but I don't like giving up my thirteenth overall pick for a team that doesn't have a young quarterback. They could have used that to get one of these guys, whether it's Jordan Love or I don't think two is slipping that far. Right, uh, but again, I, I, it's they look good today, and they're going to go after Phillip Rivers, and I think they'll look good this week. And it will be good for 2020. I don't know where it leaves him down the road. In how many years does Philip Rivers still?
4: have left? Even
1: even at the level he played last let's year, let's just say two. Yeah, I would play. If I was the Colts, I'd plan on two. Uh, but I'm not sold on Rivers. I'm not sure how many people are right now. Again, they've got a very good offensive line, though, so uh, that's not a bad place to be. That is a huge deal, though, for the Indianapolis Colts uh, to do what they just did. They've been relatively quiet from a spending spree standpoint. They've had a bunch of money the last two years, and now they just went uh big bucks uh to the Forest Buckner. There's an interesting part of this, what happens with Foles. If he does end up going, where does that put the Jags in terms of searching for a quarterback? You know, they're picking top ten. They've got two first-round picks. Do they take a make a run at a quarterback this year just to buy some insurance, at the very least, if Minshew isn't the guy? It will show you how confident they are, depending on what they do at that position. Of course, they do have Josh Dobbs, who they acquired for a fifth-round pick. So uh, there's a lot of dominoes that could fall. If Nick Foles is traded away. Now, the reports from Adam Schefter say the Jags are holding tight on him. They're not just giving him away. What does that say about the battle that might ensue in the fall? Are they as committed to Minchu as many of us, myself included, believe? Or is Nick Foles very much in play to be the starting quarterback in 2020 for the
4: Jags? It's interesting because as you think about that Foles contract and Every single person outside of that building looking into it, looking at that contract, thinks it's awful right now. Thinks it was just a huge mistake, and that's based on you know Foles' performance last year, but then also the very legitimate chance that you've got a backup quarterback making that much money. And if you're thinking that way, and like I said, I don't know if they're thinking that way inside the building, but everybody else is thinking that way, if there is any legitimate offer to take that off your hands – to get that out of your building and to let you kind of reset in a way on that quarterback position. Obviously, you have uh, Minshew still coming back, obviously, and he was such a great part of the 2019 season. Sorry, he was the great part of the 2019 season, the only great part of the entire year. Uh, But if if you have that chance to kind of bail on this, you know, Foles time in Jacksonville – Why aren't you taking that? Why wouldn't that be something – like I don't understand how it can be something that is so stuck to them, something that they so want to hang on to when every other indicator looks at it and says, why? Why why would you be so secure with that when you can – kind of refresh and get a start
1: look well i think there's a couple things one because it's really only three million dollars in savings yeah i mean it does it's not going to do much for them they're still going to have eighteen and a half million dollars in dead cap even if they got rid of them so they're they're not saving a bunch so therefore, you're talking about three million dollars now. Shot might be saying otherwise because it's cold hard million, cash yeah. for him. But it's a oh well, no, they have to pay his salary. I'm talking about against the books. It's yeah. about a three million dollar difference in keeping them than losing them. So you're not. It's not like you're clearing fifteen million out or thirty three million of the dead cap or anything like that. There are it's it's funny money on the books, and so if I'm Doug Marone and I've said this all along, if I'm Doug Marone and all we're doing is saving three million dollars or moving around money for three million dollars. I want both of these guys so they give me the best chance to win since we're not sold on Gardner Minshew yet. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe they are, and they're all in on it, and they're willing to move. But I think these things showcase the Jags just aren't going to get a bag of sunflower seeds in return for Nick Foles and be happy with it.
4: That's what the Texans do.
1: Speaking of the Texans, (laughs) what are the Texans doing? The Hopkins move. Bill O'Brien Again, this is part of the reason why I think the Jags sitting still on day one, you almost feel better if you're in their building than you do if you're in Houston's building. No doubt people in Houston right now are like, should we trust this guy? Like, what is happening here? What is happening in Houston? We'll talk about it. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Rolls on here on a Monday. Things are crazy. Stay tuned until 6 o'clock because we've got moves happening all over the league. The Jags remain quiet on day one, and I think that will continue all the way until Wednesday afternoon. Maybe a couple moderate moves, but I don't think any of the big splash moves, which is different around here because there have been splash after splash after splash in recent memory for the Jacksville Jaguars during this week. Brent Martin, Stuart Weber, Coos here on a Monday. You're welcome to jump in, 904 9901 Welcome back, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Brent Martin along with Stuart Weber from Action Sports Jacks. Awesome Lane on the slopes.
4: Kind of jealous, kind of jealous right now.
1: It's pretty awesome. It
4: although, is pretty cool. Although right? a lot of ski resorts are closing.
1: Yeah, actually, I have uh, we have some friends of the family. I mean, I should I don't know if I, I think there are several families out in Colorado, mm-hmm. and they were there for like a day, and they said, "Oh, we're closing." And so, it just depends where you are, and, and it's hit or miss. Uh, what's going on out there right now. And, and again, I think we're going to get to a point. I said this yesterday, and I, I, every, every time you tweet something now, it feels like it's got to be politically driven, especially if it's not about sports. That's why I love sports, because you're usually in a safe haven, I'm just saying, like we've got family up in Ohio, and the stuff that's going on in Ohio and Illinois, and I think even California. And by the way, so that's Ohio, that's usually a Republican state, and California, it's a Democrat state. So it doesn't matter. So it's not political. It's just they're on the forefront of closing stuff down. Like no doubt about it. Those 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 places are way ahead. I don't know about way ahead, but I would say a couple of days ahead of everybody else in terms of restaurants and bars and everything. It's happened. I mean, it's going to happen. I I don't even know what the latest is because we've been talking, but. Officials are talking daily and addressing the media daily and addressing people daily, and they're closing things down. And my take on this, and I don't know if it's uh, educated enough, but my take is kind of they did not want to freak everybody out with overwhelmingly saying stuff last Wednesday or Thursday. But now it's like they have to. Well, but now that people are going on spring break still and Mm -hmm. and partying and going out to the beaches and partying and they're all around each other. They kind of gave everybody four or five days to do this on your own and take it serious. And, and now they're kind of no, no, saying, like, all right, yeah, it's time to step on the gas
2: it. here and, oh, yeah. and, and move. You and, were kind of saying in terms of update uh, while you were talking, uh, the White House apparently came out and advised people not to gather in groups of more than 10. And yeah. so it's 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 getting real.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it is real and it's going to be that way. I, I still have no idea what to expect. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it's going to feel like or well, look like. I mean, it's just bizarre. It's. I was driving home yesterday, and I was listening to the radio side of it. On uh, just there were some press conferences going on, and people thought I never don't usually listen to like the news chair sure. on radio, but I was listening. And if you did not know what had happened for like three days, you seriously. There were times on the drive home where I'm listening. I'm like, we're in a movie, like we were in the middle of a movie. Yeah, it's like one of those movies oh, yeah. that I turn on at
2: 12:30 at night when I get home from work, and it's bizarre, and I get hooked on it.
1: What was, oh, wait, the, we uh, living it.
2: was it the Twilight Zone? That one that was famous for airing on radio and That's it created right. a panic. Thought it was real. People thought yeah. it was real. It It really sounds like some of that stuff. But I was I was telling Stuart uh, in one of the breaks. You know, my brother's out in Spain right now for a study abroad. Wow. And and then yeah. that went. I mean, that went from now we're fine to in two days it's everything shut down. He's not allowed to leave the house unless it's for work or. Um, you know, grocery store stuff. But so-
1: I'm not calling anybody out either because I'm guilty of it, man. I, I am. Gui- I've said it for the last few days. I'm guilt. I'm like as stubborn as the rest of society. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, is this really happening here? Like, I feel fine. Or, you know, I actually think. A big part now, it's not that great today, but the last five days of weather Gorgeous. has made it very yeah. difficult for people yeah. to adapt to this because the weather is so nice, you feel like nothing's wrong in life right now. The right. weather is so good. Well, How can anything be wrong? Mid-
4: Mid-March, 80 degrees, we need to go outside and take advantage of it. Yeah, it along those same lines. I mean, I've got tons of family in mm-hmm. Holland, and my cousin just had a baby like less uh, than a month ago. Yeah. So it's That's like... It's scary. It is. It is. When you think about it, it's like, okay, well, I hope it doesn't come anywhere near them in the mm-hmm. Netherlands. Yeah, it's uh, but uh, again, I I say this: if if you don't
1: believe what's going on, and I don't know, I guess there's all sorts of stuff out there. Again, I'm not a political guy, right? um, But all the only thing I am tracking and saying, this has to be a big deal. If people are willing to lose millions of dollars in a world that is driven by dollars, I'm talking about millions and yeah, right, billions of dollars overall. But I mean, businesses are are willing to are now freely. Losing millions of dollars, they're not getting stubborn about. There's got to be something up,
4: that's really big and uh, freely and not, not freely because the stock market is also taking away money. Yes,
1: uh, true. So, uh, I think, uh, I mean, you gotta you gotta listen. I mean, the yep, bottom line is, is you gotta listen. We all have to listen, and and you have to do uh, the right thing. I don't even know if being like right here is the right thing. Honestly, I, I think that we're all battling that. I mean, I went to the grocery store today just to pick up like four items and it was fine but it wasn't a bad experience yeah. a i went friday to costco just because i wanted to see if it was like a circus and it really wasn't that bad but everybody they were out of toilet paper and all that other stuff so but i i'm sitting there and i'm asking i'm asking myself like like how is this good that even grocery stores are are open right now i mean you're, yeah. you touch things you're if that's what it is and that's how it's spread, it's really impossible to move around without possibly spreading it. No. And so you get what they're saying and doing just to try to at least minimize it. Um, and, and obviously do all the things that they say right now. I, I have no idea where it's headed, but I also, the more and more you think about it, the more you read up on it, it makes a ton of sense from a medical standpoint, how overwhelmed they're going to be. And I thought the greatest example of that. And yes, the sports show. It's NFL for agency. We'll talk about it, but just a quick opinion. Cause we're all living this, man. We all yeah. have families it's all or big Affects everybody. Changes the way everyone works. It's not right just now. that we don't have sports, right. you know. Um, but I thought the scene in the airports, which now mm-hmm. the, I think the government said they didn't have a good enough plan in place at places like O'Hare and and, and Dallas, um, that if that scene, take that scene and, and apply it to like hospitals in our medical field. That's eye opening to me. That's yeah. what it was like, whoa, if that's what it could look like, that I get what they're trying to do and tell everybody to to slow down and, and get away from each other and at least to minimize this uh and spread it out. So it makes a lot of sense. Those medical people, by the way, I don't have to say that they're smart. They're already smart, but they're a lot on their plate. Mm-hmm. If you listen to
4: them talk, whoo tough deal. All over the all over the world. The one thing I've noticed is that I touch my face a lot. I do too. Like and, well, I see, and I have allergies I right now. And you have allergies. But, well, I mean, the, But you always do this. Yeah, time but, of year. Well, yeah, the, so, the pollen yes. is yeah. so bad the last week for me. Like, that's yeah. why I'm
1: stuffed up a little bit. Correct. Uh, and it's so hard not to touch your face. Yeah. I
4: just do it anyways. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I always do. Yeah. Uh, and I see it like on the live stream, like, man, I'm really. I will I say though, once we scratch get back to lot.
1: shaking hands, yeah, whenever that is, uh-huh. I will have the cleanest hands I've ever had.
4: That's right, because
1: I actually have washed my hands way more than ever.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, ever. I was just, I was
2: reading the thing that it's like yeah now instead like it was a list of ways to greet people instead of shaking hands it's like nod you know just nod at someone. I was like honestly that's that's what I do now. So, so I just I yeah. just nod at people. Yeah, yeah, I,
1: I I think one of the great places to be right now, and again I'm not. I don't even know if I'm supposed to be encouraging anybody to be out of their house, but the golf course. Yeah, I, I the golf course this weekend and we're, we're going to we're working a story on this uh, for maybe even tomorrow. But I know down in Southampton, they normally do like 200 to 220 rounds. I think it is uh, this time of year, you know, with the Players Championship, all that other stuff. I think in a four-day span, they did like 266, 263, 274, and 250-something. And people I are mean, golfing. Way above yeah. normal. Now, some of that weather, some mm-hmm. of that players getting canceled, so you have golf people in town sure. maybe. But I also heard like Hidden Hills, they like ran out of golf carts because they had so many people. And golf, if you think about it, you know, the commissioner, when he canceled he the Players' Championship, his last statement was, go support your local golf courses. Now, that was before everybody was yeah. even more staying inside. But his point wasn't wrong. I mean, it's out in the open. And think about, I even thought the new rule with the flag staying in the hole, you don't even have to take the flag out. So yep. as long as the carts are clean, mm-hmm. you really don't have to interact with anybody on a golf course. Just yeah. your own golf
4: clubs but and I was, you're I sitting next to somebody in the
1: golf cart. But the, also you got to be careful because it's in the older demographic, That's golfs. Right. Yeah. And it really doesn't sound like the older demographic, depending on your health and everything, is it's a smart thing to be too far away from your living room right now
2: right Right. well we were i mean you know this weekend nicole and i obviously went to the beach there were a lot of people at the beach and i was kind of surprised about that i was wondering it could go either way either people were going to stay in and there weren't going to be a lot of people out there but the beaches were packed yeah that one to me doesn't make a lot of sense why they didn't and i mean people were close there was a joke a guy like drew a circle around him like i've seen that going around but yeah, there's a lot I've of people. I've said it
1: multiple times. Disney World, right? They didn't close until Sunday. And did you see the people at Which, Disney? I mean, we're so stubborn. Yeah, like, we really are. I mean, we're so, not smart sometimes. The,
4: people don't realize the reason that they were closing it on Sunday is to keep everyone away from each other. But everyone went on the last day because it was the last day they could go for a while. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And,
1: yeah. and listen, I'm not yeah. saying I'm not guilty of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not. It's just we're, we're foolish sometimes. Yep. Um Speaking of, I just want to uh – let's see if I find this quote. Ralph Russo, I think he writes for the AP out of New York, I'm pretty sure. He said today, local sports radio is going to be a wasteland of misinformation and half-baked public health takes as dudes who spend most of their time explaining why it's important to establish the run game, blah, 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 talk about this stuff. Hey, shut up, Ralph. <laughs> First of all, yeah. I'm smarter than you, Ralph, mm-hmm. kind of guy. That's what that take was. It's like Correct. I'm smarter than everybody else in the world, and, and sports people are dumb. Um, but I think right now we're all going through This is more like from a psychology standpoint. We're all kind of going through this thing together. And, yeah. battling. and some people maybe have more information than others. Some people are smarter than others on it, sure. But we're all guessing. and you just got to listen to people in the i
2: was i was joking with my coworkers. i was like i got a friend that that's a physical trainer i'm going to ask him to give me you know eight workouts people can do from their house i'm going to type up a vlog and just put it out there so people can do something while they're stuck at home i think there's a lot of good things
1: coming from it the players championship obviously i Mm -hmm. think i saw something like seven hundred thousand dollars worth of meals they helped distribute over the weekend from the excess food at the players championship billy horser what he did with feeding northeast florida i think major league baseball I uh, just came out with a million dollar pledge to help feed kids that are, are, go hungry and, and aren't able to have free lunch at schools, places like that. I mean, I think different really NBA guys stepping
4: up to help the out, NBA. The, you know, workers at the arenas that, you know, aren't going to get that paycheck.
1: Yeah. And even, uh, Rudy Gobert, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, the g- gesture he made after obviously having a bad moment too. Uh, it's it's pretty incredible. There'll be good things that come out of it. Yeah. The other good thing I think about will come out of it is some of the journal, sports journalism we'll see because no sports are going on. I think mm-hmm. there'll be this enormous amount of creativity, and I think we'll get a whole new perspective on some things. I hope we can do it locally and try to document it. That's what we're working on, not just on the radio side, but on the TV side. It's going to be a fascinating deal, and what I continue to say is, what's it going to look like in our world, which is a sports world, when we come out of it? Will it be this boom because we missed it so much? Will things be changed like schedules? Will the NBA now shift to what uh, – who was it recently that suggested? Was it Houston Rockets? No, I don't think it was – that suggested a December to like oh, July-August yeah. well, schedule. Could we see that? Major League Baseball going from 162 games. Maybe they go back to the 144 games mm-hmm. or a smaller or, or a shrink shrunk down season, not just this year, but maybe they adopt it. I mm-hmm. mean, will we see things like that? It'll be fascinating to see.
4: Same thing with NASCAR, too, in in the aspect that are we going to get more midweek races as they Mm -hmm. try to get some of these in that have been postponed? And people have been asking for more midweek stuff for a while now and condensing the schedule. So maybe this is a way that they get a little dry run at it and see what it looks like.
2: And I know with uh, the NBA, they were always toying about trying to have like a midseason tournament. There were a lot of stuff that they were trying to work with. Obviously, the All-Star game this year was like to kind of test some of that. Well, now this may just be like, well, we're going to have a wonky season. Why not just start it now? So there was a lot of talk about potentially doing stuff like that. Maybe when they come back, they just go jump right into the playoffs. Because like you were saying, I mean, other than probably the eighth seed for the West was either going to be one team or the other. Everyone else, the seeding can jump, but they're going to make the playoffs. So you could just jump into that and then maybe come back with a beginning of season tournament type style. So uh, it sounds like they can just play around with it. I think there will be some innovation,
1: some changes and things like that. Because if you don't mind, let's just take it to the top. Is that okay? Uh, because this feeds actually into something. Schefter, Adam Schefter, I think it was last night on Scott Van Pelt, he got really um, worked up about the NFL continuing on with – The league year the way it was there was some talk over the weekend that a lot of folks around the league did not want it to happen didn't think it was the right thing to do and the nfl said you know what we're doing it we agreed to the cba which by the way we haven't even talked about yet uh that's a done deal and we're moving on with the league year that that fell into place today at noontime and the legal tampering part of it and now it's too late you can't do anything about it You either had to make the call by noon or not uh, and Wednesday at four o'clock, the league year will begin. What does that mean for physicals and all this other stuff around the league year and all these millions and millions of dollars of, of contracts uh, is something that the NFL and teams and personnel will have to deal with? I think it is a little bit of a we're bigger and better than everything kind of approach for the NFL. Although I don't see too many people from a fan perspective complaining. There's a lot going on. It's taking your mind off all the coronavirus coverage, Uh, at least in the world we live in. It's being appreciated. Uh, But this was a roll of the dice by the NFL to run with the league year when everybody else is stopping business, Uh, especially when you're talking about tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars being exchanged when some people are really fighting for a paycheck. Here's Adam Schefter on the topic.
0: Now, I know it's not a sporting event. But their argument is, guess what? Teams are now going to have to get private planes, which include pilots in the air, to fly free agents to buildings. And if those free agents are going to sign with those teams, they're going to want to take physicals. Because before they invest millions of dollars into a player, they're going to want to send them to a local hospital. Which means that they're going to have to take some of the people away from the people that really need hospital workers and help. And they're going to have to perform MRIs on these players So they can sign millions of dollars of contracts at a time where our economy is tanking. And so they don't understand how the NFLPA could allow this to happen. And I had a number of officials say, how could Roger Goodell not step in and stop this from happening? Now, again, a collectively bargained issue. And Roger Goodell would need the help of the NFLPA. But in this particular case, the question that I encountered tonight was, he's the leader of the NFL. Why does he not step in? and exert his will at a time when our country is in crisis and it needs leadership in the worst way possible.
1: That's Adam Schefter, last night had Scott Van Pelt, and and uh, it was obviously very passionate. I, I'm going to give you my take on it at first. I was like, I'll settle down, Schefter. That's what I really said. And then I th- started thinking about it more. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? He's got a good point on a lot of those things. Did it have to happen now? I still wonder about physicals. I wonder about the medical field and what – I don't know. The Is it as dramatic as he just presented? I'm not sure of that. Uh, but I think there is legit concern on teams' parts of spending money and big dollars and not knowing if they can get the physicals they need uh, and how to do that and how to process that. Maybe they have a lot of these things in place and how it's going to go down. But it still is a little bit bizarre when everything else stops. The NFL says, you know what, we're the NFL. Uh, We'll do whatever the heck we want. So I do think it has a little bit of that feel to it. Uh, I don't know if I like it. It doesn't sit well with me. I also don't know if even players are allowed to maybe fly on private jets and all those other things. If we're not supposed to be moving around – we shouldn't be moving around. The NFL should be taking a lead. They're a big influencer, like all the other sports world has done. So, I I actually, after thinking about it more, agree more with Schefter's point than I initially did when I was like, "Whatever, dude, they're just transactions."
4: Yeah, the flying thing's interesting. A friend of mine on social media is a pilot and showed a picture of his plane. They took a picture with the the whole, uh, you know, all the people flying. It was nine of them. It was nine people flying on that flight. Yeah, there's a lot of those flights are just absolutely empty, right? right? And, and a lot of these airlines are limiting the amount of, you know, flights that they're sending up because of that exact point. But if it's a private jet, I mean, that's social distancing. <laughs> that's a good point. You know, if, it, yeah. if it's just you and the pilot on there.
1: It, it is, uh, Stuart, but. You're still going into a facility, right? Right. Yeah. You're still bringing people in. Like a lot of teams are now working from home. So any of the stuff that brings people to work when they don't need to be at yeah. work is it the right thing to be doing right now? I again, I don't. I'm not like this self righteous. Gotta do everything because public perception might. I'm not getting like that here. I just think it's a, it's a fair conversation, and I actually yeah. tend to agree with. Schefter. more than it felt like the NFL does this sometimes it feels like the NFL says you know again we're the NFL we'll do whatever the heck we want, and our fans are going to love it because they want something and you know what they're not probably they're they're not wrong, wrong. Yeah. but we're not going to go out of our way is what it feels like to push off everything for two months just because everybody else is doing it. Uh, we're instead going to take advantage of being the organization doing something once again, uh, which the NFL is already indirectly. And, and this is not their own fault. They've become so big that they already influence other sports, yep. calendars, schedules, races. Well, that's the ironic and, thing NBA right now,
4: potentially. It's the ironic thing is that they're the only one that really doesn't have anything major going on this time of year. You know, baseball is getting ready. Hockey, basketball in season, racing, golf in season, everybody else, soccer in season except for the NFL, and yet it's the NFL who's going to be grabbing all these headlines because they're the only show in town, so to speak, even though there's no games, but what they're doing is noteworthy
1: yeah and by the way we're spending three hours talking about it uh-huh. i'm going to spend tv tonight talking about yeah. it we'll do it again tomorrow and wednesday i'm not that mad at it necessarily right, sure. and i think all the people listening and the fans they're not it's a mad little bit either yeah. and i'll i'll, 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 I'll will say this i've said this a couple of times in the last few days quietly not really on on uh, in front of a microphone but in a way our business like locally We are extremely lucky. I don't know what our business is going to look like on the other side of this. I don't know. I don't know what it means for sports radio. I don't know what it means for advertising. I don't know what it means for TV. I really don't from a local sports standpoint or national sports standpoint. But we're damn sure lucky this didn't happen in the fall. Because if we had lost the NFL, we would feel it ten times worse. So selfishly, the timing is actually the best it could have been from a dollar standpoint on so many different levels. The NFL really makes a lot of things things. work. And, uh, well, now they're kind of keeping us busy here on a Monday as the free agency frenzy continues. Got to get to Calais Campbell. He was part of the movement. And uh, was it the right move by the Jags? Our take on that. Did they get enough in return? Or was it a smart move by the Jags? But we just don't want to admit it. It's next on ESPN 690. It's very important.
3: It's literally... Incomprehensible. I mean, answering an email, clicking a button on a website. I mean, yeah. it's we all have so, uh, smartphones in our pockets. It, it was that simple. There's no showing up to a polling station, having to take off of work like people do for the normal elections uh, in the United States. This was an email and then a prompt on a website. And if you either didn't care, or I mean, then I mean you're just you're, you're doing disservice to people who come before you. And that's kind of I think a, a broader theme of. Just kind of thinking too micro, too in the moment, too about yourself and not about the broader picture.
1: Marshall Newhouse, offensive lineman, free agent, who we had to look up his resume. <laughs> but his point is right on. It's about the CBA. 500 players didn't vote. Now, AJ Boyer hinted, uh, now, and is headed to Denver, former Jags corner. Hinted that maybe the email didn't get out or whatever. I mean, but gosh, it
4: had two weeks. If you didn't know, wouldn't you have asked? <laughs> you would mean, generally think so, yes. Marshall Newhouse, by the way. Been in the league since 2010 with eight different teams, but he's a 10-year vet in the league.
1: You don't play with Marshall Newhouse on your fantasy football no. teams, that's for sure. you don't.
4: But, you, know, it, like, you don't want to know I, O-Lineman's I name. think the CBA, is,
1: CBA already has kind of been put on the back burner, but... Demora Smith says it's a great deal for players. It's a really good deal, or I don't know about great, but really good deal. They got a lot in return. Again. The, the owners were smart. They they went after the core group of players, and that is those guys that are going to get their minimum raise, that's what the NFL is made up of, not the Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's and everybody that's getting $30 million. That's not what the NFL is made up of. So it was smart to go after that group. It was a real close vote. It will be a divided house. It's very difficult for the Players Association to get everything they want because there's too many players to get on the same page. It's 2,500 versus 32, which if you're going to battle, that's a good odds but if you're going to a negotiation that's a really difficult thing to get everybody on the same page much easier to get the 32 on the same page so the the players will always lose this thing in the long run the owners win big because there's no work stoppage the fans win big in my opinion because you're getting one less preseason game an extra regular season game next year and now more playoff teams and more playoff games we win fans of the nfl we win. Sorry, players. I hope you got a lot out of it. I hope you get more out of it. I'm all for that. But uh, the players are always going to lose in these negotiations in the big picture, even
4: if it was better than it was 10 years ago. I feel like this is where Austin would be upset. He would be bad right now. <laughs> he would be upset because. Uh, and he's but brought, it's true. It is true. He has brought up the story, though, like the last time. I mean, it's so different the level of guys on that 53 man roster. You know their priorities, their thought process going into it, and to to have the vote be this close, 60, 60 guys be the difference, and to have that many, what was it, five hundred not, not uh, vote? Crazy. Ooh.
1: I I'm actually, I'm, Kuz, I did not sign any papers right when I put my house on it, and it would not get done. I didn't see any papers. Yeah, thank you very and much. And we
2: weren't allowed to shake hands, so that's right, true. <laughs> true. Very good call. That's, yeah,
1: that will get me out of it. Uh, you'll now get a better wedding gift because of that. So uh thank you. All right, let's talk Calais Campbell. Love this guy, right? Uh a little heads up to everybody listening. Brett Martineau, uh Stuart Weber from Action Sports Jacks who's here on a Monday. Austin Lane uh not with us today. He's up in Wisconsin uh at an event and will be there for a couple of days. Be back uh later in the week. But just to share uh my quick thoughts on Calais Campbell. I'm not going to – I don't have to tell everybody how great a guy Calais Campbell is. We all know that. If you listen to – if you watch the Jags, if you're a the, fan Walter of the NFL, man of the year. <laughs> we, I'm not going to sit here for the next 10, 15, 20 minutes and do that. Uh, I will just simply say, yes, I have a bias toward Calais Campbell. I got to do the show with him for three years. We got to cover him. He is I, – I had said in the top three, but I couldn't even come up with the other two. He He is – the guy, the player I will tell my kids about when they say who is the best player you ever covered, who is the most fun to cover, who is the greatest guy, who is all that stuff, he is number one on my list after 20 years. Will I see another one like him in the next 20 if I am fortunate to do it? I doubt it. So he is that. To me, But the crazy thing is, if you ask Stuart Weber, if you ask anybody from the paper, other TV stations, radio stations, they're probably going to say something close to that. I think the folks in Arizona said something close to that. Now, they were fortunate enough to cover Larry Fitzgerald and others, too. But that is the kind of guy that Calais Campbell is. I mean, it is genuine. It's to everybody. Everybody at Mellow Mushroom for all access. Every Thursday it was like that. Mondays prior to that. So, We know that's who he is. The story here is, should the Jags have gotten rid of him? Did they get enough for him? And again, I I joked earlier, I would have started a GoFundMe to keep Calais in Jacksonville. There's no way I want that guy out of here. But I'd be lying to myself if I also didn't say the smart organizations sometimes cut bait with players like this. Go into the... be a 34-year-old player, the stats trend downward a little bit, the most missed tackles, admittedly, that he had ever had in his career, and he still played really well. He's that good of a player, and also $15 million. And when you're not on the cusp, and and the Jags are being honest with themselves right now, saying we're not on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl, the smart organizations do try to unload that and get something in return rather than just lose that. And so for them to get a fifth-round pick while I feel like that's it, I mean, as good as that guy was, as much as he meant to this city, to this franchise, to that locker room, that's all you got, I would say at least they got something and then they don't have to do the $15 million, so it feels more than that inside the organization – i don't know the negotiations i don't know how many other teams were interested i don't know if they could have got more but i love that he went to a team that now feels like they can win it i think he'll really have a good year in baltimore he'll take on a totally different role because he just has to blend in instead of reshape an entire franchise and organization but uh i think the jags did him right and in the long run we'll find out if i'm correct they probably made the right business yeah. move as much as I don't like it because I like Calais that much. Right,
4: and we all do. We all loved Calais and the impact he made on not just the team but the city with all the community events that he he did. But it is an interesting thing where I, I do think that this new role is possibly going to help him sustain his career even longer. To not have to be a guy who has to be out there every single snap – to be a guy who can be part of that rotation. If he goes out there and gets 8 to 10 sacks next year, I'm not going to be surprised. Are you? No, I would. I would and and that would be the thing
1: though. If he goes out and gets 8 to 10 sacks, the Jag's probably made a mistake, man. Yeah. you are not feeling uh, yeah. that.
4: But but if you if keep he goes him and gets five If you keep six, him here though, are you able to use him in a rotational role maybe like the Ravens are going to do? Well, they here's the deal. You got to be willing to you pay swap him and Josh Allen's kind of roles. Have Josh Allen be in there every single play. You, I I think there's no doubt the Jags. What they, this is how I think it went.
1: I I think it was, hey, we love you, man. I mean, shoot, we'd put you in the pride of the Jaguars right now if we could, can we? (laughs) And I don't know. That is a question. Another question. Will he get there someday? I think it's a valid question. Uh, that's how much he's beloved, and uh, you've never seen anybody do as much as he's done in a three-year window for an organization, a fan base, a city to to be loved the way Calais Campbell is. That's the,
4: hard to do. It's the Tony Baselli Hall of Fame uh, argument. Yeah, yeah, true. A lot in a, <laughs> a short, period short period of, period time. of time. Yeah. Um,
1: but I, I think they probably said, "Hey, we've played you way too much. You're 34 years old." You can be dom- – you're dominant. Nobody can block you still, but you're better if we play you 30 snaps, not 48. Maybe give them a 50. break on
4: special teams too.
1: So I think they – if they were to – I think they tried to do that, and then it comes down to dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we, we're we not paying you 15 million to play 30 snaps. Right. So did they ask him to take 8 million? Would they have asked him to take 10 – didn't even get that far? Uh, now, Fred Taylor tweeted out or Instagram or something, and he said – he talked to Calais last Tuesday and nobody, he didn't sense this was coming. Yeah. So this developed pretty quickly. And, you know, we're getting closer and closer to league year. These things do develop pretty quickly. Uh, I, my guess is the Jags would have loved to keep him at a reduced role, um, and a reduced rate. And once he, you ask around and, and a team like Baltimore's willing to say, Hey, we'll give you two years, 27 million. Well, that's 13 and a half million a year. So that's probably more than the Jags were willing to go. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how it works. That's how it happens. So I think it's good for everybody on face value, even though it stinks for all of us. Because here's why I say this. Again, if I'm being really honest, uh, which I hate to be here because I'm so biased, but Calais, if you freed up 15 million, I thought of this, if you get two players in free agency – or maybe even a third for the fifteen million dollars. It'll be interesting to see what kind of production Calais has in twenty twenty versus the players no. that you maybe are able to get. See, I think the Jags are going B level kind of free agents sure. here in the league year starts. And so B level free agents a lot of times between like four and eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. So let's just say two players. If they get Eric Ebron and uh a corner or yeah. a defensive end, you know, to fill a spot. Let's see what those numbers produce. And then you also add in the fifth-round pick. So I can see how the Jags did this. And, again, I think they also did Calais a favor. And I'm not sure he asked out. I don't think that was part of it. I don't know that for sure. But I don't think he said, hey, you're trading A.J. Boye. I see where this is going. I want out of here. I don't think it went down like that. But I also don't think Calais minds, and he shouldn't. Now he has a chance to go win a ring. And and really a very help a team good chance to win a, ring. a really a good team that has a chance that thinks they have a chance. we know how that works out in the NFL too. It's not automatic, but uh, I think at the end of the day, I think everybody's pretty happy with this deal, other than all of us that that no doubt will miss Calais Campbell um, as as a member of the Jags. And I had this question a lot today. And it was, well, how do you replace what he did in the locker room? You look at all these players that that came out and said, Jawan Taylor and Josh Allen, what he meant to those young guys. We know what he meant to Yannick Ngakwe over the last three or four years. Well, he was so special in that regard and so unique in that regard. I don't think you were going to replace it. The question is, is he is that alone? Worth, well, not alone, man, but-, but is that? worth that much more whether if you had them pay that 10 million were you willing to pay another 5 million just for that uh and and let me say this as i say that out loud today to people this crosses my mind dave caldwell has gotten blasted for being around as long as he's been one winning season um all the criticisms for first round draft picks all that and you know what those are the criticisms, and you know what? That's what the resume says. I actually think the one area he probably should be criticized more for and has not been is putting together the right mesh of players. Yeah. You know, when they rebuilt this thing in 13 and 14, they got rid of everybody over the age of 29 and a half. No veterans to lead the So line. they had nobody there. And that was a huge mistake, Daryl Smith and, and others. And even if you want to go all the way up to this it's year, was like the only even Mercedes Lewis, and, yep. and, and obviously Puz kind of, uh, retired. Sure. So, but but if you go back to when he pieced all this team together, and the early stage was you didn't keep enough veterans. Even mm-hmm. if they weren't great, you gotta have some veteran presence. This team was so young; they didn't know what the heck they were doing. I think actually Gus Bradley did a pretty good job of keeping them together despite all their losses and everything. Well, what happened then in 17 is all that talent mixed with Calais and others bubbles to the top and bam, you've got this success. Well, what we didn't know and what we now know is even with guys like Calais and Puzz, and, well, Puzz then would leave, even with Conley's of the world and some of that Nick Foles coming in the locker room, there were still a bunch of knuckleheads. That took a long time to mature. Eighteen and nineteen showed their face that way. Yeah. Whether it was Jalen, or Dante, or Telvin, or whatever, they didn't grow up fast enough. So to me, that was—you might have been able to target some good players and and talent, and you got to give them credit for getting a guy like Telvin Smith in the fifth round. He goes to a Pro Bowl. But did you find the right mix of players that make up a culture of a team and? Allow for you to sustain success like Baltimore does. We'll see if San Francisco's been able to do it with the mesh that they have. New England has done it. New England, of course, although I always say that's Tom Brady related. But uh veteran you, leader. You've got to be able to find the mix of people. And sure. I think right now with the Jaguars, now again, Dave Cold was making these picks. They have 20 something picks over the next 2 years. I don't know if he's making the back end of those mm-hmm. picks, but he's definitely making these picks. And I think there is there needs to be a sincere look at the kind of player they are getting. You know, they started out by telling us they wanted players that love to play the game, yeah, passionate players. You know what? I would say they did that. They got those. I mean, Yannick Ngakwe loves to play the game. Jalen Ramsey loved to play the game of football. Telvin Smith absolutely loved playing the game of football, which still leaves us mystified that he's not playing the game of football so much. Right. So they got guys that love the game of football. That's what they wanted. And that was a good attribute to have. They have to find more guys. And I said this uh, a few weeks ago on the show. They need to find more players that are built like Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Play the game like it's a kid's game but have a maturity about being a pro, even at 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And wife, wife and a kid helps that. That probably helps that, but they need more of it. Sure. Yeah. And you're not going to find – you can't go back to the Gene Smith. Everybody's got to have a captaincy. Right. No, that's not what I'm talking about. But you need to find the mesh where you can get away with a couple of knuckleheads, but you don't have eight of them. Yeah. Uh, you don't have guys that just fail to mature as they – and it, it, go
4: along in their pro career. And pass that on to their teammates.
1: And listen, I, I don't know where that leaves a guy even like Taven Bryan. Like, yeah. see, he's not... I'm not saying he's a knucklehead, gets in trouble, all this stuff. But I also don't know if there's a sense of maturity about him that says, I've got this talent and I'm a pro or I want to go play video games. I don't know that. But my point is those guys do interviews with these guys. They get to talk to other coaches. They need to go find those kind of players and more of them. Because I think if you look back at what the Jags built or tried to build, they found a good amount of talent. But they didn't find sustainable success because – They were all over the map with personalities, maturity, all that stuff. It's a hard thing to describe, but we all know now that the perfect mix wasn't there. And I think that's why so many people salute Calais Campbell, because he was able to rein a lot of that in. And I think he also will leave a lot of the young guys from last year, whether it's Josh Allen, Jawan Taylor, and others that came in there, maybe even a Gardner Minshew, with – some big lessons to go along with their career, and I think they've, that's a good starting base to have is the group they got last year. There's a, there's a maturity about the group they drafted last year. Even Quincy Williams, who struggled because he was so raw playing football, doesn't feel like he's aloof to being a pro. Maybe yeah. his brother being in the game, uh, maybe Miles helped along the way. I don't know, yeah. but he doesn't feel it. So. Uh, it's, it's a tough thing to peg, but that's Dave Caldwell's job to peg the makeup of this football team. And I would say that should be one of his biggest criticisms over the years. It's it, it, I know he's got many, but you have to find the right mix of guys that are going to go from year one and year two of good talent and, and keep getting better, but also sustain it from a professional kind of level that helps the makeup and chemistry of your locker room. So you don't need to rely on Calais Campbell.
4: Yeah. A little sidebar related to Calais Campbell, by the way. He'll have a familiar face in his new division as uh, Jack Conklin, formerly the number eight overall pick in that awesome draft that we were talking about yeah. this last commercial break, uh, has signed with the Browns, or will sign I thought with the Browns. A free agent, yeah. uh, three year, $42 million, so 14 a year. So the Browns go spend some big bucks, Browns right? They are spending they- big bucks. They get Hooper and they get their right tackle, Jack Conklin. And
1: here's what they're doing they're going all in on Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. and we're giving you an offensive lineman, we're giving you another tight end. Now, will they deal a guy like Joe Koo? I'm not sure, but they've got Odo Beckham Jr., they've got Landry. I mean, what more do you want, Baker Mayfield? That's what they're saying. Figure it out, dude. Yep. What more do you want? Uh, that's what, uh, basically the Browns are doing here this, uh, this season. They are going to find out what they have in Baker Mayfield because they're getting stacked up on the offensive end. Brent Martin, no oh, Stewart Weber. Uh, let's go back to that real quick, uh, before we uh, head to a break. Yeah. That draft, because I, I was curious. DeForest Buckner, if you yep. just joined us, he jumped in, uh, he got, uh, to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. traded from San Francisco. Indianapolis gives up a 13th overall pick and then they give, Buckner twenty one million a year. He's the second highest paid guy behind Aaron Donald in that position. Yes, I'm not ever, saying I'm Darnold, ever, by the way. Donald ever. Aaron Donald. So, a huge move for Indianapolis. But what it got me thinking is, with Jalen Ramsey no longer in Jacksonville, San Francisco now just let their top six pick. From 2016. Seven. Yeah, seventh pick. Oh, he's the seventh pick, yeah. not sixth? Who
4: was sixth pick? That uh, Ronnie Stanley. Okay, my bad.
1: Yeah. Uh, so it was top seven pick. They let him go. They didn't maintain him. And there's so much criticism around here for, well, you didn't keep Jalen Ramsey. You might not keep Yannick Ngakwe. Those kind of things. Well, San Francisco's a team coming off a Super Bowl, and they were willing to let uh, Buckner go. That's why I was kind of curious about it. Those are the only two guys that have left. And, and now number eight. I will say Five, this. Seven, eight. Yeah. Look at look at what the Jags got for Jalen Ramsey at number five
4: mm-hmm.
1: after at last year two first rounds and a fourth, first. and Buckner was worth a first. That's One it. First. Yeah, that's interesting. That sh- the Jags got a haul for Ramsey. They did. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They got an absolute haul for Jalen Ramsey um, when they got rid of him. Now the difference here is, and I know what you're saying, folks. San Francisco's loaded up with a hell of a lot more good players than yes. the Jacksonville Jaguars are. I get it. Uh, th- that's not that's not wrong. They decided to put their money in the Eric. Armstead uh, bucket instead of the DeForest Buckner bucket. But we wanted to go back and look at this draft.
4: It was almost impossible to miss on a draft pick early in 2016. First seven guys all have gone to the Pro Bowl. So the first seven draft picks in that draft have all gone to the Pro Bowl. And the eighth was Conklin, who we just mentioned, uh, who's signing a decent deal. Man, 14 years, $42, million. 42 million. Uh Although it, it's weird that the Titans wouldn't, with their offensive line, wouldn't pick. Well, up. I got
1: Luan already at sixteen million. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I think he, I think yeah. I saw that today. I think it's
4: sixteen million a year. So yeah. again, how much he, can you invest in one position group? Yeah, yeah, but it's
1: a not a it's it's a valid point mm-hmm. because they want to be tough there and they were willing to part ways with them, but they couldn't keep everybody. Obviously.
4: Yeah, I, I mean, this is the same draft that had Laramie Tunsil, who has since been dealt. Uh, Derrick Henry later also on played at
1: a Pro Bowl level. Play yeah. All right, so go ahead. Let's go down the list. So, Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz was number one or Goff?
4: golf was number then one. Then Wentz, then Bosa, Joey Bosa. Okay, then,
1: so Bosa's been great. Yeah, Zeke Zeke has been great and already has a new contract, although that probably shouldn't have happened. Okay.
4: Uh, 2.0 went number five. Yeah, and he's obviously gone. he's been a stud, but uh, and he got a lot in return. We'll yep. see how, uh, what kind of deal he gets. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Stanley uh, at six. Uh, made a pro bowler this year, I think. Yep, pro bowler. Uh, DeForest Buckner at 7 Jack Conklin at 8 Leonard Floyd The linebacker at 9 For the Bears I think he's just been very okay Yeah Eli Apple at 10 To Not the good. Giants Hargraves Not good Doesn't have a team right now uh, Sheldon Rankins at 12 Defensive tackle And then Tunsell at 13
1: Yeah Tunsil's played a Tunsil's Pro Bowl has gone level. to a Pro
4: Bowl Yeah so, uh. That's your top 13. What else you got? Just the rest of the first round. Like, sure. Not,
1: not in, in order. Just give me a name or two that sticks out. You said, uh, Derek Henry was second round pick, Second round
4: you? was Henry, yeah. Uh, if you look a little later on, uh, Kem to the Cardinals. That yeah, didn't work out so good. That was uh, a risky pick. uh uh-huh. Will Fuller to the Texans.
1: Yeah, it's been, I mean, you know, it's good when it's good, but it's, he's just never
4: available. Center Ryan Kelly to the Colts. Uh, pro good. bowler. Yeah. Uh, Keon O'Neill, the Gator to Atlanta. Pro bowler.
1: What's has Neil done anything since
4: though? Early on, he started off on fire. Yeah, and I just don't know. I mean, they've been so his not Pro Bowl great. was in 2017, so that was a yeah, hot so it's a couple hot second now. ago. Uh, that that was all your Pro. I already named all the Pro Bowlers out of that first round. Uh, Still, a few others. It was in a there. good draft, yeah.
1: especially we just brought up the top 13 Shoot. picks. You'd only miss on like three of those guys. Right. Uh, so it was it was almost impossible to miss. But now you see at the top ten some of those guys on the move. The Titans now no longer keeping Conklin. Obviously, Ramsey to the Rams. Miles Jack in the second round for the Jags. And uh, and now uh, Buckner goes to uh, the Colts. So that was a heck of a draft yeah. uh, okay. in the top ten especially. Cool. All right, uh, we're going to come back and, and talk more about uh, what's going on in the NFL. What's the latest on the Nick Foles front? Any other reports? As teams are looking at acquiring foals, according to earlier reports, what will the Jags do? We haven't really talked about them other than the Calais Campbell news, but uh, what's the move to make? And when do they make it? If any, they've got some money to spend and a whole lot of draft picks if they want to start trading around uh, with some teams. So many other teams uh, certainly... Doing a lot of moving and shaking, especially in the AFC South. We'll update you on all the moves happening around the NFL when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690.
0: From what I was hearing, talking to agents who who represent a lot of players, tons of players who just didn't vote, assuming that it was all going to be fine. It was obviously not fine. So many yes votes, it it seems. Came in at the end, and that helps sway very, very slim margin. I got a text from a prominent player a couple minutes ago said simply, I'm sad. Clearly not all players are behind this, but what this does mean, labor peace now through 2030. There were several teams that would have had to literally sit out free agency had this not passed. At least now everyone gets some breathing room.
1: That's Ian Rappaport talking about uh, the CBA that was agreed to yesterday morning. Gosh, it feels like six days ago now since mm. that came out. But, uh you know, high-profile players are mad about it, you know, because they think they could have got more, but they're also sitting on millions of dollars in the bank, unlike the players that make league minimum and have shorter careers and are fighting for every uh every rep and every roster spot. So it means more jobs as well. I think there's a lot of good things to this uh, new CBA. Probably not smart enough to understand it all. <laughs> and uh, it just depends what side of the aisle you're on. Veteran player, young player, retired player of 30 years ago, retired player of 15 years ago. I mean, there's a lot uh, to digest and everybody uh, will benefit or, or not benefit from some of the new changes. So it just depends which situation you're in. But like I say, owners are happy One, they got it done. No work stoppage. And fans are pretty happy because no work stoppage and more good football, more better football. Take away one of those preseason games starting in 2021, it looks like. And also more playoff football, which will start right away. So uh, that is the big deal. I will say this. I think there are a lot of people around the league that were surprised there wasn't uh, more dollars in the whole salary cap, it stopped at like 198 million. I yeah. think
4: the projections were it would be even more than that. Well, especially and, you, when we talk about our situation with Yannick Ngakwe, we were expecting me at like 19.3 as that franchise tag. That's true that that's went 17.8 down 17.8. Yeah, what it ended up. He being actually lost a little numbers. money based yeah. on
1: on some of those new projections mm-hmm. uh, as well. Brent Martineau, uh, Stuart Weber from Action Sports Shacks, coups here on a Monday again. Austin Land, uh, who checked in earlier from Wisconsin uh, at an event we will be back uh middle of the week once again we want to uh advise you to to pay attention to uh 104.5 wokv here on the radio side and also on tv cbs 47 and fox 30 as uh, they're right in the middle of the newscast now but check it out uh, and pay attention to everything happening with the coronavirus and the new recommendations from the cdc from local officials from national officials uh only thing I can say, and I'm not going to preach to you folks. Uh, you, you guys are uh, you're you're big adults, Uh maybe not big, but you're big grown up and adults. We think, uh, but I would say, listen. It goes back to what I would tell the kids. Yeah. Every day when I dropped them off in school when they were younger, they'd get out of the car, and I would say, listen, follow the rules, and have fun.
4: I don't know if anybody's having fun yet. You can still do all those things right now.
1: But if you listen and follow the
4: rules, this will come out a lot better, Mm -hmm. right? Remember, there was an age when there weren't TVs and computers and all these other things, and people still had fun back then. Yeah, I, and you still have those
1: now. So I thought this could be a fun thread. Like you know, a lot of people are coming up with some interesting things, things to do. Uh, what yeah. I'm trying not to do is waste all my uh, bullets on social media early on. This could be a drawn out process. Sure. So you got you don't get all the good stuff out in the first couple of days.
2: It's a marathon.
1: People. Hold on not to a sprint. it.
4: Unfortunately, <laughs> the NFL is kind of doing that to us right now. A little <laughs> well, bit. Well, that's why. So I can yeah. push
2: my back. Treat it right? like yes. you're day drinking, not just going out. Very At true. like ten at night. Very good yeah. analogy.
1: There's the Coos analysis. Uh, the I think what Don't you could do, cars. this could be a decent thread to start, though, on social media, is send us what games you're playing with the hmm. kids. Yeah. Oh, Does it go yeah. Back to I like your
2: marshmallow yeah, one, the you marshmallow were saying.
1: Oh, no, the marshmallow thing's real. That's the one oh, I yeah, want to out. We haven't done it yet, but I will do it. And uh, marshmallow baseball is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Just, again, watch your eyes. They hurt. <laughs> uh, I'm, that's a disclaimer, and I'm, I'm giving you the warning. But if you can buy the big marshmallows. Not the little ones. Uh, well, you gotta have really good hand eye for the yeah. little ones. I,
2: I really wanted to start because I live so close to the beach. I was gonna go get marbles. Did you see that video that was I trending? I saw that. Yeah. I was gonna do a new one every day, and yeah. then I was like, Ah, do I really want to spend that much money on marbles? The funny
4: thing is, I I ran down that YouTube uh, rabbit hole like t- a month ago. <laughs> oh, you did? Like before any of this nonsense, craziness, all this stuff going on, I I was I had it on my TV for like thirty minutes. I was just watching Marble <laughs> Olympics. Like I'm just like. What am I doing with my life? It was entertaining though. I was I was rooting for the cat's eyes.
1: Well, with all the
4: uh, <laughs> I didn't, the I didn't actually get to the That's type end of it. Marvel, by the way. With,
1: with all the yeah. uh, school closures, I just thought, you know what? Maybe I'll be a cool thread, right? Yeah. Uh, it's like, give us a what are you doing with the kids uh, from a game standpoint? Whether maybe it's video games sometimes maybe it's marshmallow baseball. Maybe I feeling you guys games.
4: will still go out and get some swings in at the park. Well, we can't they, at the park. Oh, they keep the They closed the park. Oh, they closed the park. Apparently, they've closed the ballparks that are city run. But it was only
1: the three of you that was ever out there. Right? I know. It's, I was a little mystified by that one, too. Jump fence. Yeah, I don't know. Uh I just feel like now there's going to be a lot of broken windows because we're getting our swings in anyway. Yeah, so sorry, gonna, yeah.
4: neighbors. Oh, you got a net, too, the, to hit. We'll have, two, have right? to do the net thing. Yeah, It's going to be hard to get live pitching.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that, that won't be easy, but you gotta find a way. That's the thing. So how creative can you get? Everybody stay safe. Don't hurt anybody. Uh, but we might have to start that thread. I, I, I think we
4: could have some fun with that one. Wait a couple of days, though. A- and maybe get some ideas. Yeah, we don't need it right now. All right. Not right this second. Uh, so. Let's start uh, thinking of ideas, people.
1: Yes, we need some ideas. What else is going on around the league? Uh, let's, uh, oh, well, I just got this alert. Former Redskins QB Case Keenum. Three year, $19 million deal. And of course then it went away as I was trying oh, to read the rest oh of it. Was that real? How can this not be on my Twitter feed? The Browns, 3-year $18 million oh, dollar deal, 10 million
4: guaranteed. Wait a minute. To the Browns, huh? Who's their backup? Would that be their backup? They're
1: spending 6 million
4: a year on That's a backup. A lot of money on a backup.
1: Is that a little sense of urgency for uh Baker? The Browns are big movers and shakers here, yeah. and there's a lot to read into it if you're a Browns fan or if you're on sports radio in Cleveland because they obviously have Odell Beckham Jr. There was some talk they might move him. It doesn't look like they're doing that. They have Landry. They just picked up Jack Conklin. They already picked up uh, Austin Hooper, and now they pick up a backup QB. The pressure's on Baker Mayfield. Yeah, no they're doubt. saying, Especially get it done this year.
4: Keenum thrived in 2018 under Stefanski, the new coach of the Browns, is the connection. Ah, Very good. Good so. call there. Nice job. Internet told me that. I'm good <laughs> you can at searching. Good at searching. I would things. have given you credit. Yeah. Okay. I All right. Some
1: quick reaction with everything else. Sure. Is Bill O'Brien absolutely crazy,
4: or are we missing something? There's got to be a rift between those guys. That's what it sounded like. It's got to be right because why else would you trade a top three wide receiver in the game for? A running back who, you know, three years ago was a fantasy stud and then let me down the next year, um, but a guy who is a running back, which f- for all intents and purposes is a position that you can really fill in with a lot of different guys, you know, whether it be a, a lower price free agent, be it a guy you get in the draft, be it the guys you have in your roster, but the running back position, there's a lot of options as ways to go. There's only three top three wide receivers in the game. And the the price the money was the same, so what? It, it is it is one that's got everybody scratching their heads and just baffled.
1: Yeah. Well, here's the deal: there was some talk that he's going to want an extension. Could that get dramatic? Of he is. But he's got three years left on his deal. I mean, he didn't have to do anything. Uh, and right now, Arizona looks like a little bit of a bargain, and they give Kylo Murray. Uh, a guy that obviously I think is one of the top receivers in the game, if not the best receiver in the game. And he's he's caught a lot of footballs and a lot of touchdowns from bad QBs until he finally hooked up with Deshaun Watson. From Houston's perspective, again, this is why I say the Jags sitting still and watching all this unfold. Well, I feel like they gained ground on Houston. Deshaun Watson just lost his best target. You are you right now are starved of corners. You don't have Jalen Ramsey or A.J. Boye here in Jacksonville anymore. Jalen who
4: gets to face Hopkins it, again yeah. twice a year, by but the way. They just
1: got rid of the best receiver in the division. So that's a that's helps the Jaguars as we sit here on a Monday. Now again, Fuller's talented. They do have Kenny Stills, but Kenny Stills doesn't scare me. Uh, you know, they they've got Duke Johnson now, and does David Johnson become something? And Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in the division. But, again, I'm sitting here today, and there's two things I'm happy about if I'm the Jags. One, the best receiver maybe in the game is out of my division. I don't have to face him twice a year, especially with unknowns at my corner position. And two, Bill O'Brien continues to run everything. And as long as Bill O'Brien's running everything from a personnel standpoint, I don't like Houston's chances of making good moves. He might hit on one or two, maybe one. Listen, the Tunsil deal, he got more out of that than I think people thought he would. They thought he was crazy when they made that deal. The Clowney deal didn't look good. So, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Bill O'Brien, I, I think they're in a danger zone because they're letting Bill O'Brien have too much power. That does not usually work well. Uh, and by the way, they've already had talent. They've got old talent now with a guy like J.J. Watt who's getting older, yeah. and they've missed a lot of their window with Bill O'Brien as the head man. And they blew a 24 to nothing second quarter lead against the Kansas City Chiefs this last year. So, I-, I think the Jags are winning on the Texans front. Let's just say that. Now, the Colts just made a move that got everybody's attention with the Forest Buckton. They spent 21 million, but they also gave up a first round draft pick. And DeForest Buckner, by the way, isn't winning you three extra games. He's a part of it, but he's not he's not that much of a game changer. He's a big piece in the middle now for an upgraded Colts defense.
4: Well and I think i I really enjoy the the reaction right when that trait goes down because everyone has their opinion. everybody reacts. Uh, a few of them included Jalen Ramsey tweeting out what? <laughs> uh, exclamation, exclamation question question what? Uh, that was from uh, Jalen Ramsey. Jalen
1: doesn't go to uh, GQ anymore. He just, he just, on Twitter, he chimes in about every yeah, big word, move that's made. tweets. Uh, and you better be a- paying attention because he doesn't reference
4: it. Correct. Yes. <laughs> you, you could just go back later and be like, why did he tweet what? Yeah. But it came right after that, so you kind of know. Uh, Kenny Stills did the, the you know, what in the world kind of yeah, uh, yeah. gif. Uh, Leonard Fournette's tweet. Everybody in the fell losing their minds, I see
1: know, uh, anyway, we should have played it today. Don't ever change to, Leonard. We got to go get the uh, Leonard. Did a Facebook Live or an Instagram Live? Okay, uh, Instagram Live. I know that's where the cool kids live. But uh, just the Instagram. the some of his stuff was pretty funny.
2: I thought his tweet to Klay is saying I have to that play you funny. game one, and it was like, well, and everybody thought
1: Leonard knew the schedule. Yeah, like... and they were opening up with Baltimore. <laughs> Sorry, so
2: like, I don't think Leonard
1: knows the schedule. I think he meant when he does play him because they yeah. are on the schedule this year. Uh, all right, uh, Tom Brady. Well, no, wait, before you, get Tom Brady, the other side of it, I wanted to say this about Arizona. So they Kingsbury and Murray, this tandem, give them credit for going to get a guy. They've already got – they kept Kenyon Drake, and so that transition tag I think they put on him. So they have a back. David Johnson was their backup back at a high price, so they get rid of that, and they bring in Hopkins for Kyler Murray. It got me thinking this way. What will the Jags do – For Gardner Minshew. Because, again, I think it's worth noting, even though he doesn't want to now admit it anymore, but he told us at the end of the year, and he wasn't wrong, Gardner Minshew, numbers-wise, was just as good, if not better, than all those guys, including Kyler Murray. Mm -hmm. So it's important to know (laughs) if Arizona is going, it feels so good about Murray and that investment. Why don't the Jags feel better about their QB play and what their rookie did, even though they didn't plan anything to have it like this? And should they go get more weapons for him to see who he is? And I think the resounding answer to that is yes. If you're going to spend 2020 finding out if Minshew is the guy, which I believe they're doing, whether Foles is on the roster or not, then you better go put things around him to put him in a position to be successful. You want to do that for any quarterback. But the Jags need to do a better job of that. They think their offensive line is better than people think it is. They have DJ Chark. They have some parts with Conley and Westbrook. They have Fournette. But they've got nothing really at tight end that you can count on. They don't have a change of pace back. And they need another pass catcher somewhere along the way. They need to go find a way to do that. I'm not saying Hopkins was the way to do that, although it would have been
4: nice. this list of bullet points is the one we've been saying every offseason for a while now. It is. To be quite honest. It is, but I think it's. With every different quarterback we've had, too. To me, there's an exclamation point on it, though,
1: when, when Arizona goes and
4: makes a move. Sure, like when this. you're seeing what the others are doing. Absolutely. And, and they've
1: got the same situation. They've got a guy yeah. that went 500, a rookie QB. Forget about where they were drafted. They, they have a guy that was 500 and they're going to grow with this guy in 2020 and they just put him in a better position to succeed. Will the Jaguars do the same?
4: But can you forget about where they were drafted when you consider how much they have invested in Kyler Murray? The Jags don't have that much invested in Gardner Minshew. Now, the, the thing that pops in your head is, well, shouldn't they want to win just as much as the other one does? Well, y- yes, <laughs> uh, you would like to think that, obviously, but. Here we are, and Gardner Minshew is just, you know, a lower draft pick. He's got all this momentum from the fans, obviously, and he did what he did in his rookie campaign. But I don't think they have as much invested in him as the Cardinals do in Kyler Murray.
1: No, but then I could make the case that you can spend more of your investment dollars and and capital to go help him yeah. because you spent less. Yeah. So I just feel like, to me, Gardner Minshew. Again, who I will say, just like every other quarterback in last year's draft, is a bit of an unknown still. You got way more than you ever thought you'd get out of them. But the whole idea of 2020 for all these teams, whether it's the Giants and Daniel Jones, whether it's Kyla Murray in Arizona, and they'll probably give him a longer leash. I get it. But the Jags and Gardner Minshew is finding out what you have. And so the best way to find out
4: give is the to- best possible scenario to succeed.
1: And so I don't think that's going to be with sports. Slam dunks and splashes and free agency. Well, Austin Hooper didn't do it. DeAndre Hopkins trade didn't do it. Hayden Hurst, he went to Atlanta, didn't do it. Do you go get Eric Ebron? I think you do. I think you try to find a way to get one of those kind of guys here and give him a shot. I also think we'll see a heavy investment in the draft on the pass catchers, whether it's tight end or receivers. But again, keep in mind, tight end draft, not very good. Yeah. So where are you finding some of those weapons? And what the team will probably say is, "Well, Josh Oliver's coming back, and that might help." But we just don't know. Yeah. So I think they have to find them uh, weapons. Now to the Brady sweepstakes. Sure. I don't know where you were on the on when this
4: all started. But it hasn't changed. Where were you, and where are you? I was. He's going back to New England. I'm still at. He's going back to New England. I just feel like with all the stuff going on everywhere else, he's going to want to go to what's familiar. And what's been that bread and butter for all these years? I saw that Vegas has now upgraded uh, Tampa Bay to be Big the time. new new favorite. And the report this afternoon, by the way, was Tampa is all
1: is has made it loud and clear to yeah. Brady and his people that they want him.
4: You're about to say all in, which would have been a good Vegas reference. That would have been good, but that's not what they said in the no. quote. So it was get, loud and get, clear. Loud and clear. Uh, and
1: that's not moving you. No, not really. I think Brady's out. You think so? Yeah, I think he's done. I know you've said that for a while. Well, listen, part of it, I took it as a bet on the shake yeah, uh, with Austin. And so Austin's got him staying. I've got him going. But I actually think it's more clear than ever before. And and most people will tell you nobody has any clue what's going on with Brady. Uh, it, it, you're just guessing, it, which I get. I mean, guys like that really keep it close to the fist. I really feel like he's enjoying this process. I almost have a sense. I thought of this today. Tell me if I'm nuts.
4: That You're nuts.
1: Brady, I'm not as crazy as Bill O'Brien, at least. There you go. I really think Brady might have spent some time with Peyton Manning and Manning might have told him, hey, that was a fun process, man. It was fun when I was getting courted. mm -hmm. That was not a bad thing. It's not a negative thing. I enjoyed it. And now I'm wondering if that kind of thing, to go along with everything else. There's some some talk yesterday that the Patriots are only going to be able to give him like 22 million or something, and and Tampa's going to throw 30 to 40 million at him. Uh, I can't. I'm not sure money matters to to Brady, yeah. but. I really don't, I wonder, this courtship he has embraced, he has thrown little hints out there, he has let people talk, and I said it on the show a couple of weeks ago, I've been surprised at that part of it, Brady doesn't strike me as that guy, but it's crystal clear he's embracing people talking, guessing, mm-hmm. wondering about where he's going, and so with that, I also think when you're getting courted, it's more likely that you go away, because somebody's going to wow you, Yeah, and... I think the Tampa Bay Bucks will wow them. It sounds like from the reports, maybe somebody else jumps in, although that looks less and less likely because of Tannehill. I also will say this: I, I you know me, I, I don't like the Titans, and I just, I always, uh, I, I just think, I, I never can jump on board with the Titans. But I heard somebody say this about the Titans. I can't remember who it was. Maybe it was Diana Rossini. I think she was on with Golick and Wingo. Uh, I want to say, or anyway, it was on ESPN six ninety and. They said they actually wanted Tannehill over. They thought Tannehill was a better fit than Brady. Are you out of your mind? Mm-hmm. Tannehill's a better fit than Brady? They must not have thought they were going to get Brady. Because getting a two-year Brady and bringing the franchise tag or a new contract for Derrick Henry would have been a
4: way better move than Tannehill. hill sometimes you have to tell yourself something enough times to make it make it a reality inside your head there was no way that was happening so uh
1: but anyway i think he's out man i don't think he's going to new england
4: so tampa maybe they announce it at wrestlemania if it happens there i do wonder instead too, of wrestlemania they just have a tom brady announcement on the pirate ship
1: well by the way that would be bigger than wrestlemania uh It's weird for me to say he's gonna go to like Tampa's the landing spot. Yeah, Yeah, that part I'm having a hard time because like it's Tampa, man. Right. But Bruce Arians a cool guy, Mm -hmm. could probably fun guy. You know, I I said just a couple minutes ago, Manning is a reason I think he might have like got information from and enjoyed that process when he was going to the Denver and then even maybe even Houston and I I think uh, Tennessee was in play when Manning was going through that whole process. I also think you know if you look back at his childhood idol, which was Joe Montana and Montana goes to the Chiefs, he's probably had conversations like, hey, man, it's not that bad. Like, it was fun. Like, I enjoyed going somewhere else. You know, it's looked at from a prism of, hey, we all want those legendary guys to stay with one team. And I'm guilty of it. Right? I love that. I love the Yankees, but I love that Derek Jeter played with the same team. team. Yeah. I love Larry the with played the,
4: with the same team. I'm a, you know, Larry, my guy, Chipper Jones with the Braves. Yeah. Whole time. I, I love that. Yeah. But I think we love that more than they love that. Yeah.
1: They're not wrapped up in that. And I think it's crystal clear guys like uh, LeBron and heck even Calais. Calais isn't like, oh, my gosh, I would do anything to stay here so I don't go to a third team. Nah, it's like he embraced change.
4: Otherwise, he would have stayed in Arizona.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They embrace change and they yeah. know it, it's part of the game now more than ever. So I actually think Especially Brady in the NFL, I, I think. I think that part of it, if you hear somebody say, well, he really wants to stay with the one team the whole time, I think that's us. Yeah. And that's us talking in our feelings from the outside more than his. I think now it's been proven that that doesn't matter. Most people don't care about that. Most players don't care about that. In fact, I'm starting to think Brady likes the courtship Mm -hmm. more than the loyalty part of staying. And I don't think he owes the New England Patriots anything. No, he doesn't owe them. He he can do whatever the heck he wants from the stadium. But if you think he's going to stay just to wear one hat his whole career, that's a bad way of thinking here.
4: I don't think it's that as much as I I just think it's the, the familiarity with the, the head coach, with the facilities, with this routine, the schedule. Yeah, that's fair. I, I tend to lean more that way than the loyalty of wanting to stay with that one team his entire time. I, I think he comes with some quirks to him.
1: Real quick, though. How many jobs have you had? Well, so you at Texas? Three in TV. Yeah. And Columbus in here? Yeah. Every time you move jobs, you got what? Invigorated. You you, you yeah. had a different energy level to you. You had to go prove it all over again. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is 43 years old. If there's somebody that needs a little okay. shot in the arm to get a little energy boost, I think it's TV12. could probably go off his own line, yeah. by the way, for a little tip energy boost. Yeah, sure. But, uh, you know, yeah. That. but uh, I think that helps people sometimes the moving around you get stale right you know you kind of get complacent even though you don't feel like you are you're working your butt off mm-hmm. but go to a different place man that invigorates you, prove you. Yourself that gives again. you one last supercharge for another year or two to finish off your career you're not telling me to leave here are you Oh, we're all leaving right now. We got to go. Okay. But uh, Tom Brady, I don't think he's going back to the Patriots. Watch, there's probably a tweet coming out in like ten seconds that he's going back to the Patriots. <laughs> Brady, back hey, to we'll the keep you posted on everything happening uh, tonight on the TV side. CBS 47 and Fox 30. I'm going to go live from Jags headquarters with all the NFL news. So uh, we do that in just uh, about an hour, and make sure you hang with us uh, tomorrow.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine